Broadcasting live from Global Headquarters and RP Enterprises in Greenwood, Missouri. Stand by on this frequency. After 22 years of entertaining FM radio listeners across the U.S., across the U.S., this man is the owner and executive producer of the award-winning Heartland Waterfowl on Sportsman's Channel, the CEO and founder of Dumar Chemical Solutions, and the man behind the mic of Paparan Radio Voiceovers and Production. He's the man, the myth. The legend, a global icon, future Nobel Prize winner, and of course he paid me to say all this. Really? Literally. Welcome to the Papa Ron Podcast. Here's your host, Ronnie Phillips. Ronnie Phillips. After taking a week off, we're back. Yeah. The Papa Ron Podcast is back. I don't have any excuses. I just had too much going on in life to have a podcast last week. So for those who blew me up, what? There's no podcast this week? What am I supposed to do? Sorry. Do better next time. Welcome to episode 11 of the Papa Ron Podcast. I want to thank not only uh, my guest for tonight who's in studio, who I will introduce momentarily, but I want to thank those hardcore fans, and there are a few of you, a handful anyway, that uh, that listen and are dedicated to listening to this podcast each and every week, and it really does mean a lot. So thank you so much for uh, not only the encouragement and the support and and for listening, and you know, of course. So uh, this week on the Papa Ron podcast uh, is a guy who... I'm telling you, he, he's, he's someone who I don't get to talk to as often as I would like. Um, but when we do talk, it's like we pick up right where we left off. Uh, been a friend of mine for roughly 10 to fi- I'm sorry, 15 to 20 years. I met him from my days working at Q104 in Kansas City. Um, and at the time that I met him, he was a young, aspiring musician with... Uh, with the with the sights on the golden prize and to going to Nashville and and making it big, uh, and then really made a name for himself in the uh, in and around the Kansas City area for being, if not the best, one of the best uh, country musicians in in the metro and and really beyond because um, he's not only played around Kansas City, he's played very various music festivals across the country. For example, like Country Stampede in Topeka and others. I'm sure we'll get into that in just a moment. Without further ado, let me welcome to the Papa Ron Podcast in episode 11, my good friend, Travis Marvin. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Papa Ron. Papa Ron. Did you, did I tell you how the whole Papa Ron name came about? No, I wish I could tell me. No. So, um, well, you know, I have Heartland Waterfowl. Of course. And everybody on Heartland Waterfowl team has a nickname. Okay. And um, I'm... Uh, the owner and executive producer and co-host of the show. Sure. Um, and uh, so, so kind of a father figure and far and away the oldest guy on the team. So it's really a crack <laughs> okay. at my age, you know, and it kind of rhymes with Papa John pizza. And so yeah, sure. it was like Papa Ron. So it kind of stuck. And then 
when I was going through everything that I was going through, I was like, Hey, you know, I, w- I don't want to call this something other than the Ronnie Phillips podcast. Sure. Yeah. So I was like, you know, let's give it a little flavor and call it the Papa Ron podcast. It's got rolls off the palate. I like it. It does. Yeah. Papa Ron podcast. Travis Marvin. We have been friends for, like I said, 15, 20 years. Yeah. What do you recall? What, like, I'm trying to remember. I, there used to be a country bar. This is where I, this is where you were introduced to me. Okay. And it was, and you weren't even there. Um, I was at this country bar doing an appearance on a, it was like a Thursday. No, actually it was a Wednesday night bull riding event. Uh-huh. And it was out there south of, actually not far from where I live. Um, not far fear from RP Enterprises. Yes. What is the name of that place? Just right off 291. Crazy right. Horse. Crazy Horse. That's what it was. Unreal. I can't believe I just remember that. Yeah. yeah. Crazy I, Horse Saloon. That, good job. So Thank I you. was talking to a mutual <laughs> friend and he was telling me about this new local artist Travis Marvin and Hammerdown. It was right. Hammerdown. Was T- it T- T- Marvin Hammerdown. Hammerdown. T- That's Marvin right. Yeah. Hammerdown. Yeah. And uh, and then he started. He recorded some videos on his cell phone, yeah. and he started showing me these videos. I was like, man, that guy's really talented. Yeah. And it wasn't much long later that you and I met, and yeah. we've been really good friends ever since. Yes, sir. Yeah, crazy. What's uh? So I guess let's let's go back. Where are you from? Ottawa, Kansas. Ottawa, Kansas is where it all started. Yes. But yeah. But it it hasn't always been music. No. You know, it's not like you got out of high school and you said, I'm going to be a full-time musician. Um, you did have a full-time job. And as a fact, or in fact, you were doing like computer programming or something like that, right? Yeah. Well, computer systems administration. So I started out, um, you know, I went to college uh, after high school, went to Washburn University in Topeka. Wow. You and decided that you were going to spend some money. Yeah. That's not a cheap college. No, it sure wasn't because it was private then. Um, it was not... Uh, public at the it's, time it's so. it's not private anymore it, it, it's not private anymore no oh, okay. i think i think maybe like uh two years after i left it seemed like it went public okay so and but, so the idea out of high school was is that you wanted to be a computer nerd no no what did you all. want to do ready I, I, I was going in business marketing and management okay so marketing management degree is my degree gotcha still is. and then uh you know while i was there um I was in the Fight Delta Data Fraternity House, so I was living on campus because Washburn's one of the non-traditional schools, mm-hmm. a lot of non-trad students. So if you were there, you lived on campus in most cases if you stayed. Mm-hmm. So you got in the fraternity um, house and uh, got there, and, and I think it was my sophomore year. Yeah, sophomore year, I'd kind of started working. A couple of the alumni have given me some jobs as a freshman, and I did some real estate stuff, and then... Um, in between my sophomore and junior year, uh, we had met a guy on, on an airplane ride, actually coming back from Colorado, me and nine of my fraternity brothers. We had on a little ski trip, and um, we had decided, uh, this guy sat beside, said, uh, started telling me about this computer job he had. Okay. And he wanted to, uh, he, was, he was curious if maybe in the summertime we would, sorry, this is spring break, actually. Okay. Out there. So he was curious in the upcoming summer that if, if I was wanting a job, I said, I haven't really thought about it, but I probably need one. Um, and so he explained about how they had this contract work with Sprint at the time. Okay. And uh, basically, it was it was taking old computers out of place and then transferring all the old information from the old computer, putting it onto a new computer, put the new one in, and send the old one back to the lesser. Okay. And it was so. And he was like, you know, a monkey could do it. And uh, <laughs> you were and the monkey. I, I was a monkey. But then he said, you know, he said, hey, you got nine fraternity brothers behind you. Bring them all with you. So we literally went at not all 10 of us went to Kansas city, did the interview with the whole team there. And, uh, it was, it was an easy process. I got paid, uh, 
16 bucks an hour. Okay. And all the other guys got 13 bucks an hour. Wow, look at you, Captain and, Cool Pants. Uh, well, I'm the one that talked to the job. You know, oh. I'm the one that got it done. <laughs> a little referral for you. Exactly. So so we did that. I did that for a whole summer and then uh, started, uh, obviously, then getting into IT. That's kind of where it came from. And, but, and really, that's where it started. Uh, we did that for a whole summer, and then, and then the guys kind of got done. Uh, we went back to school for our junior year. The year, that was the year that 19, but 1990, that would have been 19, yeah, 98. And um, they had then started online schooling. That was the first year that online schooling started kind of everywhere, actually. Um, and so I got a phone call from, from the same company saying, hey, we'd like to have you come back. Um, would you be interested in doing that? I'm like, well, I got to go to school. We understand that, but what if we paid for your schooling? Mm. The rest of it. I'm like, okay. you know, not a bad idea. Sure. So I, I, I took it. Um, nobody else did from the house. They all kind of stuck around. And I did kind of like the... Uh, living out of the house, but still being an active member. And, um, and basically I traveled, um, all over the country tons and, and basically doing the same job. Then nine 11, well, it was before nine 11, um, graduated in 2000, uh, kept the same job, um, kind of started advancing more. We were using higher end technology versus where we started out with an ethernet cable and a floppy disk <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to do a job. We had moved to a CD ROM, which was kind of a newer advanced technology. Yep. And, um, so the process was a little bit quicker and, and, uh, I think they liked how I was able to do multi systems at this, at you know, the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kept, they kept me on and then, and then, uh, eventually I moved into the, um, main line actually, I guess with sprint. They hired me in, uh, versus being a contractor and, and, uh, I started actually managing the project itself nationwide. So we went from having, you know, a bunch of people that traveled, spending all this money to, Hey, let's have a national group that, that doesn't have to necessarily travel, but they're available in each city. Mm -hmm. And so it was a lot of organization and and getting people and sending out instructions. And so that's kind of where computers fell. And then I I went from nine 11 hit, they canceled the project. Everybody quit spending money. I got released pretty quick, went to the help desk on sprint uh, for about a year and a half, two years, maybe three, I guess. And then um, got tired of that, and and uh, my uncle actually got me a job at uh, KU, your favorite college. Mm. Um, not yes, accurate. I, I mean, that is not accurate. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Hold on. So I got. So I got. No, the let's job. make sure <laughs> that is not my favorite college. Okay, that's yeah. yeah I carry got, on. <laughs> I got a job there at KU, and and uh, worked there, and got married, and and um, during that time frame, and and. I don't know, spent there, I guess, about seven, eight years. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I can keep, I'll keep going. If you want. Well, uh, yeah, let's get to where the music became, uh, where you yeah. got the music bug. I mean, so music's always been in my life. I mean, my, my family, um, my grandfather, my dad's dad, um, was, was always musically inclined and played electric guitar. And, you know, it was something that our family, every Sunday, we go over and, and visit uh, visit them at, at their place in Osawatomie, Kansas, mm-hmm. and, uh, which is where I was actually originally started out. I was there till I was six, and they moved us to Ottawa. Um, but um, every Sunday we'd go to their house and sit and, and after church and play country music all day, every Sunday. I mean, that was my dad sings and plays acoustic, and my grandpa would play the lead guitar and sing some too. And, and so that's kind of where the music bug hit me, and that was early. Is that how you learned how to play guitar? Five, six years old. No, I didn't, I didn't really pick up a guitar until I was about 16. Okay. Um, so I started out on a keyboard. Really? So that's how I learned how to play, I think, what rhythm was about. And sure. Play the rhythm, because they would let me play a solo, and it would be the rhythm of the song. You mm-hmm. know? And uh, 
Um, you know, so it was it was early on that I learned, I think, and that helped me with probably pitch, and it helped me with where I'm at today vocally, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do that every but Sunday. But did your dad teach you to play guitar, or did you actually take um, lessons? No, um, I didn't take any lessons. I think I took piano lessons for about two weeks, and then uh, I didn't want to practice. <laughs> Because I hated it. I hated practicing. Who doesn't? I think every child goes through that. And I, don't I took piano lessons. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah, right. So Became a drummer. I, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Bang on it, boy. Um, no, it was more, for me, it was just more, I, I liked, I think, the challenge of learning it without practicing it. That, that doesn't make any sense. By ear. I learned by ear. Okay. And I can hear things and then go in and recite it. Gotcha. Um, especially on keyboards. I can still do that today. Uh, it's not as easy on on a guitar, but but um, I still can find it usually on a guitar too. It's just a little different. I mean, if you know the basic chords, then yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where it's at. So I didn't learn any music theory, which which I kind of regret. I wish I and it's not too late. I probably still could learn the theory. Um, I know nothing about it. I, I suppose I know like the bass clef, treble clef, and, and I know the notes, the name mm-hmm. of the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but uh, other than that. Mm-mm, I didn't really. So when did you decide that, I mean, so you, was it even after you got out of college and you yeah. got married that you were still doing the family tradition every Sunday, getting together, having family meals and playing music? Yeah. So my, uh, my grandfather passed on, um, when I was a junior in college, um, my grandmother had already passed on mm-hmm. and, uh, she passed on early on, uh, way earlier, but, um, he had finally passed on my junior year in college and, and it, you know, it kind of stopped after that, obviously, mm. you know, but, and before that, you know, he was in the nursing home for shoot seven, six years, I think. So there had to have been a moment. There had to have been some sort of uh-huh. that, that, that moment where you said, huh, I'm pretty good at this. Maybe I should perform. Um, yeah, you know, I think, uh, through, because I was in high school, you know, I was in all the choirs, and I did all the plays, and musical, mm-hmm. musicals. Yeah. Um, it continued on into college. You know, I was I was in men's choir. I, I, I actually went to college thinking I was going to be a music major. So I didn't tell you that. But then the te- music teacher said, uh, if you don't want to make any money, then don't be a music teacher. <laughs> okay. Or if you want to make money, yeah. don't be a music teacher. I mean, okay. he's like, don't be a teacher. And I was like, mm, kind of need to make money. Well, I kind of want to make money, you know, and I don't yeah. want to necessarily, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm as good a teacher as I was as of doing it. So, so what was the moment? What was I, that moment that, that you decided that I'm going to pick up the guitar and I'm going to get some buddies together that know how to play other instruments and we're going to put a band together. We're going to perform. Well, I mean, I think I always wanted to do it through college even, and I just never did it. I didn't know how to. I didn't make, um, I, 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 I didn't research enough or I guess have enough drive to figure out how to start a band. Who do I talk to? Where do you go to find those guys? Where do you, was and, there a self-esteem it, it, issue there? Did you, were you worried about being good enough to do it? Um, there could have been, you know, I think it was, it was more of a timing thing than anything really. You a lot know, of distractions. I, I mean, tons, you yeah. know, I was, I was busy. I was a guy that was, you know, I was president of my house at the same time. I was president of IFC, the fraternity council of all the fraternities. You know, I was president Senate. I mean, I was, I was busy. Every mm-hmm. day of the week, we had something going on, you know. Yeah. And so it was, but at the, really, what happened was, and 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 I got done with college, you know. My ex wife, I say ex, at the wife, time, at wife then at the time, yeah, um, went to KU to get her graduate degree, and master's, and everything, PhD, all that stuff. She got all that done, and uh, got a job at KU, 
And then, um, you know, we had went to uh, Brazil. She was a teacher for English as a second language. Wow. Okay. So we, she had gotten a contract through Georgetown University to go down to Manaus, Brazil, and um, basically teach English as a second language at the university. And, and so I would gotten a leave of absence from KU because I was then working at KU. And uh, I got a leave of absence for a whole summer, a whole year, excuse me. And I moved to Brazil. Wow. And I lived with her. I and, see. I never even knew that. And probably had some of the coolest, best experiences that I know I'll never get to have again, probably. I mean, I can say the things I've done, seen, been around, um, and and of all levels, from rich to yeah. broke in the bottom. Yeah. Because um, it's a third world country, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so learned a lot of Portuguese. Um you know, and then we did that that whole year, and, and then they came back and said, you know, we'd like to have Summer, was her name, come back, because she's good at what she does, and she still is today. Um, and we we c- kind of kicked it around and, and really said no at first, because we were ready to come back. She made a truckload of money doing it. Uh, we were going to come back, build a house, have a family. We were mm-hmm. going to start it off. So so still, at this point, music is not. You're how my, old then, 21, 22? Uh 26, 27. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I was a little was, bit further along. Yeah. Yeah. I was 27, 26, 27. Okay. And so, uh, we decided though, that after we told them no for the second year contract that, that, uh, they'd come back and said, you know, we'll double your money. And we were like, oh, that's almost a million bucks. Okay. We wow. can, we can, wow. ha- we can hack it out for a year. Yeah. Like, we can do this. You know, I can go back home. I can work, pay some bills, you know, cause obviously I had to come back to take care of lived and everything else for that Mm -hmm. matter and uh so we did it um and then things kind of got uh you know weird after about six months and we were we were talking two or three times a day went to like once twice a day and then you know maybe a month later it was once a day and then a month later it was every every other other day day. yeah and it kind of just started digressing if you want to say instead of progressing right and uh that's when i i i just knew something was wrong Mm. you know and and really it was it, it you know, after talking and doing some research, I suppose you could say, on my end, because obviously I was in IT, so I was pretty good at nosing around through lots of different ways. Um, I found out that she was having an affair with the, with a the guy that uh, the mother, let's see, the, the, the person that owned the university, her son, which was our host family, which was he took me to the airport to let me go home. Uh. Um, so she, and she got, uh, you know, so we talked, obviously, um, and I pretty much gave her an ultimatum saying, come home or else uh, this isn't going to work. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, didn't hear anything for a while. And then she called me and said she was pregnant. Whoa. What do you do? What do you do? What's a guy supposed to? So, so as a, and you know, mm. I don't want to bring religion into this, but as a religious person and you're there mm. now, you get this. Yeah. You know, there's, there's not many excuses to get out of a marriage. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer of that. Mm-hmm. You make it work. Yeah. You have to, you know, I mean, but, um, and it's in the Bible that, uh, you know, when, when uh, this sort of thing happens, uh, that's kind of a way to get out and to be okay about it. You know, yeah. like you're forgiven. Like it's a mm-hmm. forgivable exit, I suppose, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, and I contemplated a lot. I, at first I was you know, thinking, well, I'm going to have to work it out because that's the way I was raised. You figure it out. My grandfather and grandmother would whoop my ass. If <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just saying they I, would. I believe you, yeah. And, and so... Um, I contemplated for a long time, but I think it came down to the point where you just said, you know, uh, I, I don't think I can stare at that kid and, and it's not the kid's fault. Yeah. But there's no way I could look at that kid every day and, 
and uh, and be okay with it, you know. So, so we got a divorce. Um, she came home, filed for divorce. Actually, I didn't know that was happening, but she snuck up on me, and uh, I was pretty distraught. And obviously, um, you know, she was my high school sweetheart, first girl I ever dated, first girl everything, and I'd never dated anybody else before that. So she was it. Mm. Um, and so, anyways, got divorced. Um, and I, you know, I lived with my brother, my older brother for a while and, and just kind of got my bearings and got my feet back underneath me. And, and at that point was when I, you know, I was making really good money, um, dang near six figures mm-hmm. KU, mm-hmm. and I uh, had certifications and, and, uh, was pretty darn good at what I was doing. Uh, I just decided I wanted something different. You know, of course she still worked at KU too. She was still doing contract work with Georgetown University, but also had a job at KU. And uh, why would I stick around to that? You know, so I just decided. I said, you know what, I'm going to try something different. And I started at that point playing um, guitar. Uh, I already played guitar when I was 16. You know, when I was 16, my parents bought me a guitar, and I played it. And I wasn't real great at it. Mm-hmm. I didn't take lessons. You know, my dad would show me the kind of the structure of a basic C D E G D. You know, those things. Mm-hmm. A. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I just didn't know anything. But I had to kind of figure it all out. But anyway, so when I, I decided to do the music stuff, I thought, you know, I better figure that out a little bit better. Um, so I kind of taught myself, I guess, the rest of the way. So let me interrupt just for a yeah. second. Did you leave KU then, or did you just decide, I'm going to still continue to work at KU, um, but I'm going to pick up this guitar and I'm going to start pursuing this music thing too? Right. And was that, was that just more of like a therapy situation where you needed to keep your mind busy you needed to stay active you were depressed you were heartbroken sure all of the things that came with that divorce sure um what was the re i mean kind of i guess explain that was it was it therapy was it what was yeah i mean you know and and yes to answer the question i i basically was keeping my full-time job where i knew i was guaranteed a paycheck every two weeks sure um i mean i'm i'm dumb sometimes but I, I would think I was trying to be smart about it at least keep that until I knew something would work with it but I kept that job and, and started teaching myself and and yeah you know I, mean, I think anybody that goes through a divorce is um, especially if it was obviously a great marriage and, and a great marriage until that day like mm-hmm. there was nothing in before that was, was gonna screw anything up I don't know we fought ever you know it was, it was more of a, a bad choice that was made yeah which at that point I blamed myself for you know, and it took me many years to realize that I had no control whatsoever in it. And that's how I got released and was able to, I guess, be healed from it, right? Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, yeah, I think I, I I surrounded myself with music because as a young child and as bringing up through that, that was something that I always looked forward to every Sunday. Yep. I loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was one thing that, um, you know, I can, I can honestly say today, looking back and going through all that stuff, if it weren't for music, I'd be dead. And that's, yeah. that's a, that's a bold statement. Yeah, we've talked about that. Very true. I mean, that's not, there's nothing light about that. That's so you, you get the divorce, you turn to the guitar for lack of better ways of putting it for healing. Sure. Um, so what is the time frame then from when you pick up the guitar, you're still working at KU, you're, you're teaching yourself to become more efficient with the guitar. What's the timeline between then and when you start playing with other guys and say, Hey, we should we should put a band together. It was, um, I would say probably maybe close to a year. Okay. You know, six months in, I was, what I, I started doing was, it's funny cause I, I used my KU laptop. Don't tell them. It's illegal. <laughs> it's the rules. Okay. Uh, to, uh, I had loaded a bunch of karaoke tracks. 
oh, onto the yeah, laptop, yeah. right? Uh-huh. As a Mac. So, um, and I bought, uh, I had, at the time, I had a, like a, a an am- one amplifier <laughs> that you could plug both a microphone and a, a guitar into, yep. right? An instrument. So you play through it all, and then in the back of it, I could actually plug the laptop in using the coaxial right, left, sure. right, red, white. Sure. And then in the little jack. Plug in the side of the laptop, push the space bar, boom. You had a band right there. Keith's playing with me, and we're singing <laughs> along together. How do you like me now? You know what I mean? That's yeah. And so I started doing that. Uh, I would. There was a couple. There was one bar in Ottawa. It was on a bar and grill that I played at. Um, and uh, and then I started going to um, Lewisburg, Kansas. Has the um, what is that? Some iron horse, not iron horse, but it's got the horse out in front of you. you know what I'm talking about? I do. That's I can't. I don't know the name of it. I can't either. But anyways, that's where I started playing. Between those two places, I was kind of going, you know, uh, once every other weekend, and they were letting me come in and play. And I think they were letting me do it. What did I look professional? Hell no, not even close because I had karaoke tracks. <laughs> Probably barely playing the dang guitar, you know. Yeah. But I was trying hard. But I think I did have stellar vocals. And I think that that drew a lot of people in. Actually, I started getting some sort of following. You know, yeah, they would want to know where I was playing at. The book of face wasn't real then, so they didn't have that kind of promotion yet. But, yep. but, um, and then there there was one point that when it all started was at that place in Lewisburg. As I was sitting there playing with my karaoke tracks, um, getting better on guitar too, mind you. Um, a guy came up to me and said, uh, he said, "Hey, have you ever?" thought about having a band and I just kind of looked at him. He was older. Um, and, and so how long have you been playing solo? Maybe, basic? May, maybe four months. Okay. You know, maybe not so, long, but like eight months into the, between being divorced and deciding I'm doing it. Yeah. But I'm saying when you, right, now you've long. got the courage, you've got these no. music tracks, you've got your guitar, you're actually performing right. on your own not long in long. all these small bars. No, maybe four, four months. months. Yeah. Okay. Four months. And so, so somebody who obviously recognized your talent. Per, uh, yeah. And he was an older gentleman and he said, you know, I've got um, a, a buddy of mine, that plays bass and I play guitar and, and, um, you know, if you're interested, we'd like to talk to you and see what your goals are and see what your values are in life. Mm. And, uh, maybe we can start a band together. At that point I was like, ah, it came to me. I didn't even have to go find it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I agreed. So the next night we went up to his house and, and, uh, it was out by Lewisburg and a place called Freeman. And, uh, his name's Mike Newsom. And so we, Ended up auditioning a drummer. You know, we agreed with our values of life and what we mm-hmm. thought about things and how we really wanted to to lead our lives. You know, as in other words, no alcohol, no drugs, no, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. and um, we hired a drummer, Jeff, and and uh, Reese played bass, and there's T. Marvin Hammer down. Like literally, that was it. And and I and to that point, you know, I'd never played on a stage stage. Still, you know, and our and our um our first show was uh, we did a Yalapalooza. Uh, it was a it was a it was a contest that if you won you got to play. I remember Blues. that. And it was down, holy crap. And it was downtown. I forgot about that. Um, it was downtown uh, at some bar. I don't remember the name of the bar, but um, you sure wasn't at the Beaumont Club? Nope, it was not at the Beaumont. I promise you that it was not the Beaumont. Okay, um, but uh, we huh. got to play and. Uh, and I remember playing, you know, we, we had rehearsed for it and, and, and I thought we kicked the shit out of everybody there. And in fact, I know, in fact, today still I'll say we did. Yeah. No doubt about it. But well, obviously you won, right? But no, we didn't win. Oh, really? We got, we got second to, we got second to this girl. Um, she's still in Kansas city. She works. Rose. 
Emily, Emily, Emily Rose. Rose. Yeah, Emily Rose. Bam. I okay. Holy yeah. crap! It's He's all the coming one back that to me. Said she won. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. So this is all coming back to me. I yeah. remember this because yeah. obviously Q one hundred and four was the radio station that hosted Yallapalooza. Yes, they were. And so we have this contest, and I I don't remember the preliminary contest that you're speaking of. Yeah, but I do remember. Um, this now brings us back to the to the club or to the venue at Harris, mm-hmm. um, which now is driving me crazy. Me but, too, but I'll figure it out in a minute. But it was at that venue where we had the finals. Okay. And I had to be the person that came on stage mm-hmm. to announce that Emily Rose had won the opportunity to yeah. uh, uh, play at Yallapalooza. Nice. And I also remember Roby being in that. Yeah. Roby was, Jeff sure Roby was. was in the finals for that too because he's, Rob Piercy, who's a friend of mine, was managing the band Roby. Yep. He's from Ottawa actually too. Uh, and, and I remember him being in the finals, but I don't think you and I yet had a relationship or it, no. it was very surface. Yeah. No, what happened that night was, I remember, you know, we got the second place, which means losing, by the way. I'm just that competitive. Yeah. So I was You're like Tiger. First, yeah, I was first 30, second place is first loser. 30 years old. And I was like, this is <laughs> bullshit. You know, that's, that's how I felt. And I felt like, you know, vocally wise and just entertainment wise, uh, we killed her. You know, mm-hmm. but it, well, there was some crowd of participation that was part of it too, and of course, nobody knew the hell I was. And Emily, I think, had her whole family there. But um, and, and let's face it, but I mean, not that Emily's not talented by any means. No. Emily did a great Emily job. Emily was great then. Did yes. great. You just yes. you felt like that you. I was being competitive. Okay, yeah, it was the yeah, first time I've ever it. been on a freaking stage. Sure. Um, so that's just the way it was. But but I remember walking out the door uh, after everything was done. We put our stuff away, and they had announced whatever. So we left and. As I walked out the door uh, and took a right, I mean, I can envision it all. Walking down the sidewalk, this guy walks up behind me uh, and and says, hey, hang on a second. And so I turn around, look at him, and uh, he introduced himself. I'm Mike Kennedy. I said, how you doing, Mike? And he explained how he was a program director of Q104 and, and this and that. And then he said, where are you from? You know, who, who, who are you? Travis Marvin. I said, yeah. Where are you from? I said, Ottawa, Kansas. How long have you been doing this? I said, well, this is the first time I've ever been on stage. And he literally at that point said, did a great job. You really did. And then he, and then he said, uh, so do you have any shows or anything? I said, no. Uh-uh. He said, uh, you want one? I said, sure. <laughs> Where's it at? He said, the place called Whiskey Tango is out on the outer road out there in Grain Valley, Missouri. Yep. He said, uh, um, and uh, wow. uh, it was Deanna Carter. Deanna Carter? Yeah. Uh, I don't think no, that wasn't her though. Who sings? Uh, dang it, why can't I remember now? But he, but he said, you know, hey, I want you to do this show. Now he said, now it's free, but I want you to open up a show. He said, I think he'd be a good fit. And that my very first show on a big stage was that night. Opening. For How the was the band? Artist. So you go back to the band then, and you say, hey, the program director at Q one hundred and four. Which, they by were, the way, I never knew this story. Yeah, they were standing there with me. Oh, they were, okay. They were right there. We were, were all the, walking out were together. Were they like, no, wait, we're not going to do a show for free? Or did they no. think, hey, this is our opportunity to get well, some exposure and have be in with the radio station? Well, I think the guys at that point, you know, we had been rehearsing for for a while and we'd been together. And, and I think at that point, you know, it was called T-Mar of Hammerdown. So I was the face of the group. And, I, and, and yes, they were older, but I think even at that point, we'd already gained a trust. And, and I mean, if, if I said we're going to do it, we did it. Okay, and they, and like I said, when we sat down, we talked about our values and what was our goals. And, and one thing I said we we're going to do is we're going to play free for as long as it takes to build a fan base. And at some point, we're all going to make money. Yeah, but we're not going to make money up front because if we do, nobody will hire us. They don't know who we are. Yeah, 
But if, but I but I but I promise, guys. I said, but I promise you, you play well. I will put on a show that within probably one to two visits, we will be getting paid. Like they're going to respect us, mm-hmm. and they're going to want us to come back because we're going to have that much fun. You know, like that's it's going to be good. Basically, put up or shut up. Okay. You know, we're going to put up, and we're going to make things happen, and that's what happened. I mean, it was it was uh, from then on, it was nuts. I mean, we couldn't. It couldn't have been any better, yeah. honestly. And and I mean, who I don't know. A lot of people can say their very first real show was on a stage opening for a national act. Yeah. And from that point on, it really was. The list is this long. I mean, I can go through. You name it. So. Well, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into what then, <laughs> what 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 really propelled after losing a contest and then having the program director Q one hundred four chase you out of the building yeah. to get information and how that relationship then sparked. What where we are today. Sure. Travis Marvin is the guest on episode eleven of the Papa Ron Podcast. The Papa Ron Podcast is brought to you by the award-winning Heartland Waterfowl, airing now on Sportsman's Channel. Check Heartlandwaterfowl.com for airtimes. The all-new season nine debuts in July on Sportsman's Channel. And don't forget about the new original series on the Heartland Waterfowl YouTube channel. Check it out and don't doubt the scout. Now back to the Papa Ron Podcast. Here's Ronnie Phillips. Actually, Heartland Waterfowl is on the air right now. Season 9 has been released. You can uh, check the show on Sportsman's Channel five days a week. If you're listening to this podcast, you can even find it three days a week on Sportsman's Channel Canada. But uh, some of the air times you might want to look for, Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Let's just give Central Times because the majority of the people listening are Central Time. So Tuesday at 1 p.m. Or you could be watching on Thursday at 7.30 a.m. If that's too early, you can catch it at Saturday on, uh, I guess that would be one thirty. You know what? These are central times. I've screwed this all up, I think. There so Tuesday at 2, yeah. Thursday at 8.30, or Saturday at 2.30. There you go. I'm a Heartland Waterfowl. I'm a Sportsman Channel. Check I'm it out. I'm a 2.30 kind of guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're actually a late night guy. You might be able to catch it on Friday night. Well, you're usually doing a show on Friday night, but uh, 2 a.m. Yeah. You can catch the show. Oh, no. We're done about 2 a.m. There you go. Yeah, walk in, Travis on. Marvin, our guest, a friend of mine for many, many years. Yeah. And uh, we're really getting into the meat of now the where Travis Marvin really becomes a, a name, a, a, a household name, if, as sure. they like to say, in Kansas City. Uh, my old boss, Mike Kennedy, legendary, Hall of Fame, Country Music Hall of Fame, radio, said I, I said that all wrong, radio, Country Music <laughs> Country Radio Hall of Fame. There we go. Got it. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a legendary program director. I was honored to work for him. Uh, learned a lot from him. A lot from yeah. him. A lot about, you know, he, he taught me many life value, many uh, valuable life lessons as well. Sure. Like, hey, Ronnie, you screwed that up. Let's not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, he was just, he was great. Um, but he chases you out of Harris and says, basically recognizes your talent. Yeah. And says, you know, I want to, I want to help you out, and I want to get you some shows. You do yeah. a show at Whiskey Tango, and then it seems like it was shortly after that, like whenever Q one hundred and four had a show, Every time. aside of maybe once in a while, he would throw a bone to one or two of the other local guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was often that if there was, if, whether it be Yallapalooza or something at the Beaumont Club or yeah. a birthday bash or whatever it was, yeah. T Marv and Hammerdown. Yeah. was opening up the show. Yeah. 
That and that was our goal. It wasn't. It was, we never intended that in the very beginning. I mean, it was just kind of something that fell into place. But like I said, it was one of the things I told the guys is you know if we just play and keep our heads down, stay focused, don't care, you know, because in the very beginning too, the guys were always worried about what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Noe Palma guy. I'll say know his name. Yeah, that Noe Palma guy's playing. It was in my wedding. Yeah, he's playing this and he's doing that and he's doing this and and or or you know uh, I'm trying to think of the other groups that were around then. Um, uh, Hazard County, these guys are doing oh, that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, 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 these guys are all doing stuff. And I always say, look at them and say, so what? They're not us. Yeah. We're doing this. Put yeah. your head down, drive forward, and let's not give a crap about what anybody else is doing. Because if we yeah. do, we're going to be distracted. Yep. And I don't want to be them. Yeah. We're us. So just focus and trust me. So you did the first show uh, at Whiskey Tango, a yeah. Q104 show, yep. and you did it for free. Oh, yeah. How long did that continue where you were doing shows for free before you started? Probably al- some- almost a whole year. Wow, that's honest, a lot. How many shows goodness. do you think that was? Uh, I mean, uh, probably 20 or 30. Wow, really? And, yeah, we did a lot of shows for free, man. I, but those uh, weren't shows. all Q104 shows. No, there, there's not no all way. Q, no, not all Q104 shows. Maybe I think maybe eight to, to dozen, maybe maybe in a year. So you were you maybe. okay? So of all of, let me get this right: twenty yeah. or thirty shows you did for free. Yeah. Okay, so were you still working at KU then? Yes. Okay. So were you doing any shows? Were you getting paid for any shows? I think the only place we were getting paid, if I remember right, was Will Jennings. Remember Will Jennings? Of course. It's my best favorite. Yeah. I was going to come back. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, it was 300 bucks. <laughs> 300 bucks, full band, uh, play four hours, you know, in a little bitty confined space. Yeah, they're in the bar, huh? They're in the bar, yeah, you know. Every once in a while, I'll jump on the bar and run on it, but I mean... I mean, other than that, that was kind of... Uh, so how... And you had five guys in the in the band or four? Yeah, uh, there was four of us. So you just divided yeah. 300 bucks five ways? Got it. Wow. Wow, that wow, was, wow. That was what it was called. I mean, here's the great thing is is, is once, I guess, um, you know, we can fast forward a little bit because I'll talk too dang much, man. You will have a four-hour show right now, I promise <laughs> you. And that is, you know, once once we Joe get, Rogan's got nothing on the Papa yeah, Ron podcast. Screw you, Joe. <laughs> uh, you know, once once we got through, you know, that full year of playing and 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 started to make some at least name for ourselves and what we were doing, who we were, um, you know, because I and I started out making basically I started out with the guy I was called the guy in the red hat. Yep. Okay. I always wore a red hat. I don't care where we were at. It was red hat. Because Why was that? It was marketing. Well, but one oh one. I mean, it was so it was premeditated. Absolutely. I did that on purpose. You didn't. uh, So my uh, I wanted to ask you that because I always thought it was by accident. No, I thought you just had this hat Mm -mm. that you loved (laughs) and it just happened to be red. No. And then people kind of started taking notice of that. Mm -mm. Red is one of those colors. I mean, it could have been orange. I wanted to be actually thought about hunter orange. I was like, man, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Time, you know? Yeah. So I thought the next greatest color that people will see, if you can see from a far distance, is red. Yeah. So I wore, I literally told the guys, I said, I'm going to wear this red hat. I don't care what you guys wear. You can wear whatever the heck you want. Just jeans, at least, and be presentable. But I'm yeah. going to wear a red hat. I don't want anybody else to wear a red hat. It's okay. my hat. Yeah. So I'm going to wear the color red. And I and every anytime that red hat would get destroyed in three shows, I'd be sweating it. You know, I'd sure. One. It's got to be a red one I find to replace yeah. it. And that's how it went. And, they, and you're right. People started... Saying, "Oh yeah, you're the guy in the red hat." Yep. Oh, my name's Travis Marvin. 
or Timar, if you know sure. what that is. Sure. And then it kind of started evolving into that, and the brand was created, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, and since then, I kind of gave Well, it. yeah. It's in fact, the I don't know if it was the first album that you came out with, but it was one of the first. The um, picture is of you actually holding my red hat. The red hat. Down by a pair of black boots. I'm going to try to grab a screenshot of that and, and throw that on the. Yeah. Um, on the video version of this podcast so that people can see what we're talking about. Yeah, it's out there. Um, I actually also had this memory as you were talking about the red hat. I remember being, I don't remember if it was a hot country Thursday night or just a random Thursday. I actually, I don't even think it was a hot country Thursday night, but it was a, it was a random Thursday night at mm. power and light district. Mm. I'm doing my nightly Thursday nights endorsement yeah. appearance thing that I did. Right. Um, it was great. That, that, by the way, that gig was great. <laughs> I know you were getting paid to <laughs> I, show up. I was getting paid to was, party. Listen, I was always, I was the guy I was, I think I remember asking you, how much did it pay you, man? You, and he told me, I was like, are you crapping me right now? <laughs> yeah. You show up and you get to have fun and sling drinks to people and they pay you that kind of money. Well, I mean, it just so let's give everybody perspective. It was fifty thousand dollars a night. Yeah, <laughs> it, was yeah like, it was. It was like three or five hundred bucks. How do you think I paid for the studio? Right. Yeah. No, no kidding. It was not what anywhere like near that. A couple hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, five hundred bucks. It was two hundred bucks a night. I was, was two hundred bucks, and I didn't have to do a, once in a great while. They would have me get on the microphone and MC like Jello wrestling yeah. or oh, something, yeah, right. you know, or introduce a band. But it was literally like Ronnie. All we want you to do is when you're on the air, say, yeah. hey, I'm going to be hanging out at PBR tonight. There's not, yeah. Come by, say hi, I'll buy you a drink. Yeah. Well, I'm not buying anybody a drink. The bar's competent. Yeah. I, I didn't even pay for my drinks. Right, of course. You know, I would give them a tip at the end, you know, for right. slinging drinks for me, but all my drinks were comped, yeah. and all I had to do was collect my cash and... And, and if somebody like, hey, T-Marv, let me get you a beer. You yeah. know, it yeah. looks like I'm buying you a beer. Right. So the, the psychology there was, oh, my gosh, this guy on the radio is the coolest guy ever. I heard him on the air. He invited me down. He bought me some drinks. Yeah. Well, then there was this culture that was created, this mindset. Then all these people, that, hey, well, this Ronnie Phillips guy gives out free beer and stuff. And yeah, so people would him. come down. So that was the marketing plan sure. behind PBR to have me down. So anyway, we're at PBR on yeah. one of these nights. Yeah. And I'm probably giving you free beer. And we're Maybe. talking about creating a brand, like a logo, a Travis Marvin logo. Do you remember this? Yes. And I remember saying, okay, brand. Napkin. Brand. Yes. Where we did, we literally drew this up on a bar <laughs> napkin. Did. True story. And, and you were, um, you had had an idea about the T and the M yeah. inside the circle. Right. Which was kind of a, I'll just say rip off. To, yeah. to the trademark, to the literal trademark symbol. Like yeah. if anybody gets a logo or they get something, a brand, then they get their, their brand registered with a trademark. trademark. And yeah. then you, that's where you see at the very bottom, low bottom corner of their logo is the T and the M and a circle right. around it. And you thought that's what you should do. And I was like, let's tweak that idea just a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, let's think of country music and let's think of we're branding cattle. Right. And what the actual brand looks like. And so mm -hmm. we put the T and connected the, the, the lower leg of the T right. with that being the first leg of the M right. and then having a circle that came around but didn't go on all the way. So it looked like there's a gap, like a brand. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you actually went with it. And yeah. that was the, that is was it, it. Did you, are you still using that? Uh, no, 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 that was right. gone. I had it. I had it. it, 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 it. <laughs> 
<laughs> the, the tread ran, ran out yeah. off of those tires. Stuff changes. What's funny? <laughs> what's funny is going back to that trademark thing. So when I was uh, just, I don't know why I thought this random thought. Sorry, squirrel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is is back in the day, as a young child, you know, how you had the trademark thing on. I thought everything belonged to me. That's how selfish I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like my mom would get it. My mom, I remember getting a sleeping bag that had, it was Night Riders or not Night Riders. It was the Transformers. Oh, that Transformers sleeping bag. You know, that zips up and get inside. And then the you thing. see all the team. You're like, that's for me. At the bottom, I'm like that's mine. <laughs> so then, of course, my brother's stuff. You know, like, like you're, you're, this is my stuff. Everything is mine in the store. It has TM on it. That's so funny. Oh, that oh, a selfish kid. But anyways, and then yes, the TM logo thing worked out, which is funny though because if you remember. The first one I did put out was just a full circle with yep. TM in it, right? Yep, and we tweaked it. And we tweaked it. But before we tweaked it, did you know that Trademark reached out to me? No. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's Are you change. serious? Yeah, which is stupid because I was nobody yeah. at making nothing and no of no uh, threat to them whatsoever. And I still got a letter saying you Well, apparently you were something where nah, the, you got their I attention. I, I think they were just bored. Is that why we that tweaked day. it? Yeah, absolutely. I think I remember that now, but I, yeah. I, I, I did forget that. It is, it is why we tweaked. So. But it, the tweak was like, it's like. It was a notch in the circle. You basically put the T and the M in together. Yeah. And then put a little notch there at the end. Anyway. Right. anyway. Yeah. So I do remember that memory. And you had, you, you had that logo for a while. Oh, yeah. Long time. Um, long time. Okay. So. Do you still wear the red hat? Is that still the, or have you kind of? I, I, no, I think I got away from that. You know, I think it was, it ran its course. Um, so I'm not like, I got to have a red hat. Um, and I, I think that, you know, over time, uh, at least people recognize, they know my name. You know, like now especially, because I obviously went from T Marv to just Travis Marvin. Yeah. You know, and that was a full transition where, you know, you lose the first band and and then it was more of a, a business decision on my part. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we, I think that transition only happened because we were at a, a fair, we were, I think we were at a fair somewhere and, and, and we had lost, uh, two big speakers, you know, that were, that were several thousand dollars worth of equipment. And, and, and it came down to us going, okay, well let's buy new stuff. Well, nobody had any money but me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, where the heck all your money go guys? You know, like, and then, so then I thought, well, this is a stupid decision business wise. This is ignorant. Yeah. You know, I'm not. So then uh, I made the decision because, again, I was the face of the group that, you know, we're now going to only accept, you know, a couple hundred, a hundred bucks, 150 bucks. I think it was 125. $125 a show is what each man gets. The rest goes into a kitty because when this shit breaks again, I want to be able to buy it. I don't want to have to go yeah. spend my whole life savings on it, you know? Like, yep. Oh, front. Yep. They didn't like it. They walked. Okay. I said, okay. So now you got to get a new band. So here we go. Like it, and it was, and, and it was, um, one week before we were supposed to open for Colt Ford at Whiskey Tango. Whiskey Tango's. Yeah. I do remember this now. Yeah. And that, and, and I'm, I might be mushing some stories together because that was actually the first band that decided to do that when I made that move and went into Travis Marvin. The second band I had together, um, then when we broke up, it was one week before the Colt Ford thing. So, mm. so that was that that process was already in place with the Colt Ford show. I don't remember the timing on when we broke up that first band. I just know that that's why it broke up, though. Making that decision as a business, you know, what I mean, and, yeah. it, and it was it was it, looking back on it, I don't regret it at all. I think it was the greatest decision ever because I've had plenty of situations where stuff broke down or we lost something or. It fell out the back of the truck. Cause well, it's away. either, hey, we do this as a hobby and a side hustle and make a little extra cash. Right. Or for you, it's like, hey, how can I yeah. how can I make this a career? 
Right. Well, yeah, because I, it, it, at that point I had, um, yeah, I had quit KU. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I had quit KU and went full time um, by thirty two, I believe thirty one, roughly right in there thirty one, thirty two, and and I'll never forget. I mean, I went from making like a hundred and twenty eight thousand by then a year to the first year I sang music, uh, country music, I made sixteen thousand bucks. Hmm. I mean, Sounds I like eating, my Heartland Waterfowl story. I was eating raw, ramen noodles again. <laughs> Actually, like I, I made college. less than that, but yeah, I know what you mean. You know, so it was maybe dumb, but but I loved it. It didn't matter. It yeah, was, it was. I had a great family that supported what I was doing, and yeah. I was able to live with the parents and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, going back forward again, it was it was that second band that came in, and and uh, then when moved on to where it was just Travis Marvin, no more T Marvin Hammer Down, just Travis Marvin, and then that week before Colt Ford, and I had four another band. So I've been through pretty much three bands for the most part. I think it's three and a half, I suppose. You know, some guys. Left you have back. it and. We're friends, right? Yeah. And uh, we've said, we agreed that going into this podcast that we're going to pull back the curtain, get below the surface, and it was kind of no holds barred. So I'm going to I'm gonna ask you a tough question. Okay. Um, you have gone through a lot of different band members, it feels like. Several, yeah. Yeah. At least, yeah. Do you, um, there's been times where it's just life circumstances where, mm-hmm. hey, it's the end of the road, don't want to play no more, got kids, whatever. The, you right. know, there's been times where you've had to let people go. Yeah. And there's been times where people have been really pissed at you. Sure. And they've quit. Absolutely. And I've run into those people. Yeah. You know, there's stories where I was, we were at PBR one night and I, I probably shouldn't mention any names, so I'm not. That's fine. Um, but I remember like you and I were just standing there and some guys came up, say hi to me. And you reached out to say hi to an old drummer of yours. Yeah. <laughs> and he pretty much told yeah. you to fly a kite in the yeah. nicest way or the worst way possible yeah. and walked off. And I was like, what the hell was that all about? Right. I remember that. And uh, anyway, I guess the question ultimately is, is that do you have any regrets with, with any of the, I mean, let's, let's just, sorry, I'm stumbling all over my words, but with the people that you have pissed off, sure. do you feel like that you could have conducted yourself different or there's, do you have any regrets to where you're like, man, I probably could have handled that situation differently or, uh, because there, there is a handful of guys that don't like you that you played with. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, I'm sure every situation I mean, is a little bit different, Yeah. but did you have, did you learn any, was it how you were treating them or what, what, why is it that you ran into situations where there was kind of this revolving door with bandmates? I mean, I don't, I don't think, um, I mean, looking back and just thinking about all the guys that we've been through and the guys that I know that are mad at me. Um, I don't think I regret the way I handled any of that. Um, you know, my, my grandfather was a person that always told me, don't ever uh, make a decision up front that's going to cause regret. And, and always take a pause and take a breath and then make the decision. Mm-hmm. But once you make the decision, don't ever go back. Fair. So fair, fair. enough, right? Yeah. I mean, logical. Just logical thinking. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, I don't, in all the situations where the guys left or, or, or um, the guys I had to get rid of, um, I don't think there was, I, I think in there was, there was always a choice actually. It was their choice. I don't think I ever made the choice for them. You know, it was, it was more of a, a couple of the guys. One guy was, was, uh, you know, his family was just interacting too much. 
wanting to do things. Mm. That's not how I work. Mm-hmm. I did. I don't pay their family. I don't mm-hmm. pay his family to do the work, you know. And so it was, it was his choice. I said, "Look, you need to to talk to your family and have them leave, and 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 if not, have not not have them come to the shows. I love their support, but they're now causing their problems with sound guys that are trying to run our shows, and and they're doing it for your support, but not in the right way. Mm-hmm. Not for Travis Marvin, they're not. Yeah, because this is my show. Yeah, I mean, and and that was hard for me. It was hard for me to say that because sure. I'm not. I do not want to talk about me. I know that maybe in this podcast I've said a lot of stuff, but yeah. it bugs me. It makes me feel uncomfortable, and even more so way back then. Way more. I mean, way more. Yeah, yeah. Way more. I've learned now that it's okay to be that way, mm-hmm. um, just not be arrogant or cocky about it. Um, but, um, you know, I would tell them that. Look, it's not your show. This is my mm-hmm. show. And I didn't hire your family to do them. Well, it's so, your name on the banner. Right. At the end of the day, I'm the one that has to answer. I'm yep. the checks written in my name. I write you the check. Mm-hmm. So I'm your boss. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and so I think that was a situation where that happened. So again, he had a choice. He said, no, I said, okay, you're fired. It was that easy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, a, you know, um, other things that happened were, were things out of my control in most cases. Like you said, you know, I, I, I always put one thing I'll say, and I'm, and it's, and I'm very, still to this day very strong about it. It's happened several times um, this year already. And that is family's number one. If the guys have a problem, there's something wrong in the family, I don't care where we're at, what we're doing, show's canceled, go take care of your family. Unless I can get it replaced. Like, yeah. Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll try somebody to get somebody. Sub, right. yeah. You know, so family's number one. You know, number two is, is, is your job. If you have a full-time job that supports your family and puts food on the table, that's number two. It's got to be. I can't be number two. But I am number three, because number one's your family. Number two, yeah. your job. Number three yeah. is me. You got to yeah. have some sort of commitment somewhere because I am paying you, yeah, a decent income. I mean, you know, when you're making six to eight hundred bucks a week, a week, mm-hmm. you know, you're making, you know, that's I mean, side that's, hustle money. That's that's pretty good side hustle money. Yeah, man. yeah, that's that's that's, a, that's more than six things of gas today. Barely. Barely. <laughs> don't get into that. Let's, Let's not start. go, Brandon. Yeah, come on, pal. <laughs> Jesus. Um, anyway, so I don't think. In long story short, uh, yeah, I do. I have no regrets. Okay. Of any of the guys, that, and 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 could I handle? Could I have handled anything differently? I mean, I don't think so. Uh, I know there was one individual that left. Um, that wanted his money quicker than I gave it to him. But again, I mean, that's not part of the process. So there are times that I'll pay them every single night, and there are times that I'll say, hey, here's a check. Don't cash it till next Tuesday. They're lucky they get it that quick in my eyes. Because mm-hmm. if they played in Nashville, they get it every two weeks, sometimes every month. Get really? You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. out there, it's it's every two weeks or it's once a month. Gotcha. You know, and you get your per diems per day. That kind of stuff mm-hmm. for food and whatnot, but other than that, you don't get you get your check once every two weeks or once a month. Um, so, did you ever get your feelings hurt? Because some of these guys, uh, I mean, look, I spent ten years at this radio at Q one hundred four, yeah, you know, and I know a lot of these musicians because a lot of these musicians will bounce around from one band to the next, or they'll right. sub in from one band to the next. So, mm-hmm. when it came to the local country musicians, I felt like the the best ones. Yeah. I knew them all. Yeah, um, you know, so I'd hear stories. Sure. Um, and these guys were mad. I mean, it wasn't just like, eh, you know, things didn't work out. Yeah. We had to go in a different direction. Yeah. Um, to where you guys could still be professional and right. you know have a civilized you know relationship. 
it was like, no F that mother effer. Right. You know, like I, he can, you know, so I guess the question is, is, um, you know, did, do you feel that way with some of the, I mean, why is it that they're so mad? Well, let's, let's, um, I mean, I guess I can't give you the honest answer or a true think, answer. Cause I don't know what it is. I guess you don't. Opi- That's fair. It's, it's their opinion or their feeling. Right. Um, I will say this, that, that, that I know a couple of the guys that were mad that probably didn't have a position to be mad, but were probably mad because they were jealous. Okay. And that was because of, of, of our success. And I'll say our success. Listen, I, I, I'll be the first one to say that, that, uh, I suck at playing this thing. I'm mediocre to mild to mediocre at a guitar. Okay. But I've hired guys and had the opportunity and been very grateful at, at, and, and, successful at having guys that make me look damn good yeah and i make sure they know it i tell mm-hmm. them that i pay them that way and they stay happy mm-hmm. and that's always been my goal as a businessman and owner yeah of the company is to make sure that you keep your employees happy because as i remember going back in the computer days working for sprint when all these high and mighty managers would walk out of the little cubicles you know and be like you guys are screwing up and we'd look at them and be like we're running the company we're running the help desk. If it wasn't for us, you wouldn't yeah. have a damn job. Yeah. And you don't even know how to do half the shit I'm doing on this computer. Like, they don't, they didn't, they couldn't do any of it. Mm-hmm. But they had a college degree, you know. <laughs> Hi, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. and that's, I still think that's true to today to any company you walk into. Mm-hmm. Most of them are, unless you're a doctor, lawyer, or those type of positions, I mean, they're just high and mighty with maybe some experience or something like that. But half of them don't know how to do the damn job below mm-hmm. them. And, and if it wasn't for the guys and the grunts below you, or the people that were running the company and that you were paying a lot of money to do things, you wouldn't look good. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't operate. So you went through three different bands in your time? Yeah. Yeah, three. And that, you know what? That's probably not bad because as I I've mean, gone, how many years has it been? You talked thir- about 13. Yeah, that's really not bad at all. No, honestly. I think it's, like I said, I've been really fortunate at having guys that, that um, didn't do drugs, that aren't alcoholics that were um, very respectful, had respectful, they were raised right mm-hmm. in my, excuse me, in my eyes. Yeah. Um, which is just being a good person. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to be an asshole. Sure. It's really easy to be a good person. I mean, it, it really is. Um, but uh, I've been fortunate to have those guys. And I, and I think that too comes with just being who I am. And when you meet somebody, you talk to them and you figure out real quick, I don't think I ever turned away a guy that I interviewed or, or wanted to come play with me. I don't think I've ever had a guy walk up and me look at him and go, mm, no, he's a bad person because really? you attract those people. You yeah. Yeah. You, know, you normally don't attract the, the bad people. I mean, you guess you can, they'll take advantage of you, but sure. But not in a band. Rest. I think I had one guy that was like, Oh, I can play. I've been playing drums. It was a drummer. Go figure. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. No, it was a drummer. Go figure, uh, it was yeah. a drummer. I, I just remember uh, a drummer come up and say, I've been playing for 10 years and I'm so good. And he sat down and played and we went, what the hell is he doing? It wasn't so good. Huh? Oh, it was awful. <laughs> that, like he got, we, we did, I think, two songs. And then we walked upstairs to talk about it. And I said, get rid of him. Somebody go tell him. Oh, we're good. We're going we're yeah. gonna to pass on this one. Thanks yeah. for your time. You know. Sure. Anyway, so yeah, and I've been fortunate having those good guys. And they make me look great. And that's, um, that's part of my success and not a lot of it. All right. So we're going to take a break real quick. Yeah. When we come back, I want to talk about you've made a name for yourself in Kansas City. Yeah. And you're starting to get some recognition outside of Kansas City. And now your sites are going higher. And it's Nashville. It's recording contracts. 
and you're going to Nashville and you're recording with professional studio musicians and engineers. You want to get a little feel for what that life was like when we come back with Travis Marvin on the Paparon Podcast. The Paparon Podcast is brought to you by Dumar Solutions. Dumar Solutions, offering affordable chemical and PPE solutions for any industry. Automotive, industrial, manufacturing, concrete, and asphalt construction. Also offering kitchen cleaners, corrosion control, and specialty coatings. Detergents, cleaners, and degreasers, laundry care, floor care, odor control, personal hygiene, and much more. Do more with Dumar. Inquire with any of your needs at DumarSolutions.com. That's D-O-M-A-R-E solutions.com. Now, back to the Paparon Podcast. Here's Ronnie Phillips. A little bit later in the show, we're going to be answering some text messages. There was, uh, There's actually several that have come in, or at least a handful. Sweet. On any of these podcasts, you can interact with our guests at 816-558-6389. Some fun questions have come in, and so we'll get to those a little bit later in the show. So don't let me forget that. I won't. Okay? No, we're good. Travis Marvin, old friend of mine for many years from my days working at Q104. Wonderful, great friend of mine. And, you know, I got to also just say this. Like, when I would hear these people that were other band members or Mm -hmm. former band members, and they Mm -hmm. would just be spitting venom and pissed off like i never saw that side of you know, like i never saw anything that and, and and i only say that to say that um you really are truly a good friend of mine yeah, and yeah, and like i'm always excited when i see you're calling uh you've always been like hey i got a new track i got a new song i want you to hear it and you always know i'm going to give you an honest opinion on yeah. that and so i say all that just to say that i really do appreciate our friendship yeah. that we've had for as long no, as that we have ditto back and, and i wonder if you remember this time that I, I i did tell you um i do remember it and again it was at the, the great pbr bar uh <laughs> a lot I of rem- things happened at yeah. the old pbr <laughs> right i remember telling you saying ronnie if i ever get too big for my name or my mm-hmm. or my britches or or my face or anything else i expect you to beat the shit out of me literally or not do that but but call me out yes call me out okay? you never told that's, me to beat the shit out i didn't either that's awesome but, but you but, said but, you definitely said you know you expect me yeah of all people out. because i was very transparent you did that with anyways you. yeah you always were so i thought you're good not that i was a dick me. about it i was just i was respectful but well maybe sometimes i was a dick i don't know some people would probably <laughs> <laughs> listen you may hear stories about me but i've heard stories about you yeah, too i'm sure you have yes yeah, fine I, I don't doubt it it's i fine. don't doubt it a bit um because i am i'm just i'm i'm honest and sometimes i don't coat it with sugar very well as a matter of fact speaking of mike kennedy <laughs> i were getting off topic here a little bit but i got to tell you this story mm. i had a problem at the radio station because i was so blunt um i was so transparent that yeah. i i had a hard time sugarcoating things filter i did exactly yeah, you didn't have filter. and i remember mike came to me one day and he was like hey when you get done with your shift Let's go over to Kelly's and have a beer. <laughs> and I thought, I'm getting fired for something. Right. You know, like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And so in typical Mike fashion, it's all small talk. And I'm just, I got anxiety running through my body. And I'm like, just cut to the chase, bub. What, what, why are we here having a beer? You right. know, you, you would typically be on the golf course by now. Right. Or off doing other things. This isn't really where you want to be, but okay. you're, 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 you're putting on a really nice front right now. Right. And I remember his exact words are, 
Ronnie, you're going to get a lot further in life if you learn how to shit sugar. Yeah. Is exact words. Shit sugar. And I still suck at it. I will say I've gotten better. I oh, feel like too. I've gotten better. I mean, you, you can't. <laughs> You can't do what I do and run a business and yeah. be involved in a couple different projects um, and just be as blunt as I was. Yeah. And so that was probably one of the biggest um, advice lessons that I got from Mike Kennedy. Yeah. Who shit sugar. Anyway. Shit so. sugar. Which is, you know what? Um, uh, I'll tie it to it. I'm getting worse. <laughs> at it. I'm getting worse at it. Really? I used to shit a lot of sugar. Yeah. I think as I've gotten... Uh, older and and further along, I mean, you can call it spite if you want, but I, I and this ties in well with probably where we're going. Yeah, and that is that I've gotten worse now at shit and sugar. So let's get into it. So <laughs> you you really have gotten lifted up uh, through the Kansas City region. I'm sure your um, your self esteem has been risen when you start getting called for doing gigs at like Country Stampede in Topeka. Sure. Yeah. Well, at the time, I guess it was in Manhattan, but right. Um, you know, you're playing all these other different feds. Like, this isn't just Whiskey Tango anymore. No. I mean, you're, you're playing in front of several thousand yeah, people, is, venues. And it's right. getting bigger and bigger and bigger, right? And so you're, and, and of course, by being friends with Mike Kennedy yeah. and, and all the people at the radio station, you know, we naturally have relationships with people in Nashville and record labels and, right. and other artists that have record deals and... They're recognizing you right. and their talent. And, you know, it's giving you some thought like, hey, maybe, right. maybe I got a shot at the, at the big, at the big, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, the big deal, the, the yeah. contract. Well, you know, I think, it, it, yes, the answer is yes, but also too, uh, you know, when I started this thing, that's what I wanted. Okay. And, and I told myself, and this may sound egotistical, it's not, if, that if I wasn't good enough to do it, don't start it. Hmm. Don't start. I knew that I was good enough vocally and entertainment wise. I was good enough to hang with anybody out of that city okay. when I started in Nashville. You're in saying. Nashville, yeah. yeah. I knew that I was able to hang with any of them. Um, and as time got obviously further along, it, it was in my eyes. It was basically you know, I anytime I ever got discouraged, I promise you, it was a God thing. I something would come straight in front of my face that would reassure me that I was going the right direction every single time. And whether it be a, an email from somebody out of nowhere, whether it be a phone call from somebody out of nowhere, whether it be, you know, or just a fan walking up to me going, man, your song, holy mm, shit, you know, yeah. we, we love this, or we love this about you. So I guess if, there, if it was people that were helping build up my, my, my uh, confidence level or whatever my, I was looking for, um, it, it happened every time. Every single time. I mean, I would, if there was a second, I was thinking, man, I'm kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm not, if I questioned anything. Mm-hmm. It would be like boom, yeah, every single time. I mean, I not once did it not happen. So you talked about the spitefulness. Um, yeah, you're in this process now where you're like, okay, let's let's go for the let's go for broke, let's go for the big dream, let's sure. go for you know a, a big Nashville recording contract. Um, and you went to Nashville a lot. You probably still go to Nashville some. Um, What's, uh, tell me about that process. And I know it's a long process, right? So um, try to give me the condensed version yeah. of it, but like, you, you know, I guess where I'm ultimately wanting to get is that being that I worked in radio for as long as I did and kind of saw how the system worked, there were some right. politics involved, yeah. a lot of, actually a lot of politics involved. Um, were you, so where was the hang up? 
Well, because you is, did have the vocals. Yeah. yeah. You had the entertainment. You know, where where do you feel like the bump in the road was that prevented you from getting you to ultimately where you wanted to be? Well, I think there's a few answers. Um, and, and I don't know whether they're right or not. They're my answers. Okay. You know, I think that there's, and I've talked to other people like Mike Kennedy, who's given me his answer. Um, and whether it's right or not, I don't know. But, do you believe but, him? Um, what, I mean, I guess I kind of want to know the answer. I'll, I'll get to that. Okay. Let's get to that first. Okay. I, I was, you know, so give I, me, you give me your a, answers. And, and really, it's not as long a story as you think it is, because here's the deal. I went to Nashville. Um, along this whole way of playing these years, I, I was able to, because I'm friends with Mike Kennedy, because I'm even friends with you guys, mm-hmm. I was able to watch. I'm, I'm really good at observing things. I can stand back and know you in probably five minutes and, and know Q in three. Nothing, nothing is <laughs> just saying. It yeah. takes me a little longer for him knowing to know Ronnie. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, so I'm a good observer. I, I can sit, I, I sit back more than anything and just listen most yeah. of the time and yeah. watch. And so through this whole process, I'm doing that about Nashville. I'm finding out about, you know, from friends that are out there uh, about the good and, and the bad and the ugly. And, and a lot of it uh, was not good. I mean, honestly. <laughs> I said good, bad, and ugly. I mean, I think it's it's like a 10, 50, you know, 40 kind of deal. Um, but you kept, but, but it but didn't I kept discourage moving. you no, from it trying. Did, it, it didn't discourage me, but 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 what did was, so I, I moved to Nashville, knowing what I know, knowing the people that I know, knowing some of the people I've been connected with. Um, and as soon as I get to Nashville, uh, you know, I move out there. I, I, I have some friends out there that let me live with them on, on, uh, on the lake. And, and, uh, and I'll never forget it. It was, it was CMA week, CMA fest week. Yeah. And, and, uh, I'd been invited by, you know, at this time I, I'd been invited by like CAA, one of the bigger agencies, right? They're like number one, number two, um, right next to William Morris and all those guys. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, I'd been invited to their party. Um, I'd been been invited to uh, several other parties throughout the, along the way too. So I go to all these parties. Me and and the and the and the lady that I was living with, her husband was out of town, so she was like, "Yeah, I'll tag along." She showed me where to go because I didn't know where to go a lot. So we go to these parties, and I'm telling you, Ronnie, um, the minute I walked into every one of those doors, I didn't fit in for for nothing. Uh, that's a double negative. I, what I mean by is you didn't fit I, in. Why? Why well, didn't you fit I in? Just because I'm not the aggressive guy. I didn't have the aggressiveness to just stand into to walk into a circle of people, which was, I saw as a click, and say, "Hey, I'm Travis Marvin. I want to come in and just kind of intrude your conversations and talk to y'all." And what do you guys do? And I wasn't that aggressive guy. Hmm. I don't have that aggressiveness in me. Uh, I, I, and it takes a. I think it takes a level of arrogance. And it takes a level confidence. of... Let's go with confidence. Okay, we'll, we'll go with confidence, but but from what I saw in Nashville, arrogance. Okay, fair. Um, to to intertwine with those people. So as I walked around the room, in, in CAA especially, because it's kind of a square, uh, I would walk by each group and hear as they were talking, and generally they were talking about somebody else within the company or another person that was in the group or down the hallway. or, And I just kept walking, and every single group was talking shit. On everybody, <laughs> and, and 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 even then, Ronnie, at that point in time, I still shit at sugar. Okay, yeah, I still was a guy who truly cared about everybody I ever came in touch with. But I was seeing how 
it was almost like the devil yeah was just in every group of individuals there so i i remember doing this we went to four different parties uh the fourth party Lori, who i live with had to go home so she went home i was going to catch an uber home and or cab it might have been uber i don't remember <laughs> yeah it was uber and so anyways um i remember after that fourth party i literally walked out of that party which was down by broadway uh walked down on broadway and walked down that street and bawled because I hated the shit out of that town right then and there. I made a decision. This town sucks. Really? Yeah, I did not want anything to do with that city. And I was, so I only lived there for three months. People seem to think I still live there. Some, some people are like, you, when'd you move back? I'm like, five years ago? I don't know. How long has it been? For a long time. Huh. And, and I just, um, at that point, I'd made a decision that. It, it, if you're going to get it, that's not the way you want to get it there. It wasn't for me. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like I, I'm just not that person. I don't want to talk bad about people. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy that's, that gets my success off bullshit. You yeah, know, I mean, yeah. and, and that's hard because that's what this industry is built on. So, but these were just the agencies. These weren't necessarily the record labels, No, they right? were, they were, these, these were the, yes, these were the agencies, but these were the writers. These were the kids that were, that were younger than me. These were, you know, a tons of kids, lots of kids. Uh, you can tell they were all writers. Let me writers. ask this. Let, yeah. me, let me inter- interrupt. So how long ago was this? Oh, uh, golly. Uh, six years ago. Okay. So <clears throat> of yeah. those four parties, yeah, six years ago, mm-hmm. was there anybody in that group of those young aspiring musicians, artists, whatever you want to call them, that are on radio today that you recall? Yeah. Brett Eldridge. Okay. Uh, Chris Young. Okay. Um, uh, Low Cash. Um, Florida Georgia Line. FGL, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is before they're even. FGL got- just rolled out with stuff. They had just, well, they they'd already had crews out. Seemed like. What I'm saying is guys who were in the same shoes as you trying to be that guy, be the yeah. next one. And they were, they were just a gnat's ass away and they're in the same click in the same parties doing right. the same thing you were doing. Yeah. But you were conducting yourself different than these guys. Well, they just had their foot in the door already. They were already in the door. These, oh. I'm the new guy. I'm the only new guy walking. Okay. So place. what I'm, I guess that's where I'm trying to ask. What yeah. I'm trying to ask is they already had, they already had deals, record deals. Yeah. They had all had. So who deals. didn't, uh, who were people that you met that didn't have record deals in that were, that were doing all the shit talking and being a part of these clicky groups that you were not comfortable in yeah. who now have made it. I'm not sure that anybody at that point that I remember meeting and I, and I don't, I don't remember meeting a lot to be honest. I, like I said, I listened. You kind of just kept stayed back and kept everybody at arm's distance. Walked by and listened. That's all I did. I'd stand there outside of a group and literally just stand there and stare at them and listen for five minutes. Like, eh, next. So what would like a shit conversation sound like? I mean, you say shit talking. I mean, they're just mother effing other, Uh, other other artists, other writers, other writers, uh, other, um, you know, or, or I even heard them talking about about their own companies, you know, or, oh, man, I didn't get that money that I, you know, that I was told I was going to get. Or I remember a guy talking about how he had just signed a, a publishing deal and uh, the company had already gone under, you know, and that he was just pissed off. And he and he and he his girlfriend was trying to reaffirm his pissed offness. I mean, she I remember her talking about it, too, and comforting him and saying it was going to be OK, you know, but it just it was more of a, a of 
you know, and I, and I remember uh, uh, several of those groups too uh, turning around and looking at me, and literally turning their backs, like like, fuck are you? Why are you looking at me? Yeah. Why are you eavesdropping on our conversation? Kind of, <laughs> yeah. It, it could have been that way, but it was it was more of a, you know, um, I don't know. It's just not my world. It just mm-hmm. wasn't my world. And so I, and there I was that. nobody in Nashville other than the person you were living with that you clicked with that you felt like. This guy's my jam. You know, this is a person I trust. I can build um, something with this person. You know, Enzo, and uh, you know Enzo. Uh, so I don't want to talk to him briefly. For those listening, Enzo owns a management company. Right. So he manages several different artists like yeah. Tyler Farr, Lee Bryce, just to name a couple. Yeah. So they, uh, you know, and I, I talked to him maybe a couple of times. Um, not a, I, I don't know that there was a lot of people uh, interested in who I was. And here's the thing. Uh, I'm not saying, I, I want to make sure I'm clear and say that, that uh, it's probably my fault, okay? It, it's, I don't know that it's just ne- necessarily Nashville's fault that I didn't make the next level and whatever that means. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, that because I wasn't aggressive, because I wasn't You didn't sell your soul to the devil? Well, maybe, you know, but I wasn't as confident, or I wasn't confident enough to, but, 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 but still, you know, and the decisions that I made, I made not literally, you know, like my grandfather said, I, I, I paused. I waited. Uh, I even went to, I went to three other parties, not just one. I saw group after group after group. I, I, and it was all the same, you know, but it was a different situation, but it was all the same. It just kept going and going. And that's not who I was and still am. I'm not that person. I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to. I want to be put on a bus. I want to drive around the country. I want to sing great music, entertain people, and have them be happy. That's it. I don't want anything else. So your perspective on what the end goal, you know, was being a Nashville recording artist. Yeah. And some people locally say Nashville recording artist because they recorded a song in Nashville. Yeah. Um, but... It, what it really means to be a Nashville recording artist is that you've got a you've got a record deal with a Nashville recording like a, a Nashville record company, right, yeah, record label, right, yeah. right. Um, independent or dependent, yeah, right. So, but my point is then is uh, I've never had that. you decided that that was not my avenue. That that was not for you. You no. had to have been. Well, you, you, I guess you said it. You walked down Broadway crying. Like oh, I you had to have been I was pissed off. Well, I was so mad. You're thinking country music, like it is the most wholesome, right. you know, heartfelt <laughs> format that there is. And then you just showed up to Nashville and you just got blindsided by. Yeah, I was crushed. Yeah. That was absolutely crushed. That and I, that was that six I, years ago? Yeah. Are you walk. still crushed? Um, No, but that's probably when I stopped shitting sugar. Honestly. Okay. I think that was when I probably got a little spiteful so, about it. So before then I take it to the next level, let's go back to Mike Kennedy. Yeah. What did he tell you? Um, you know, he said that I that I should have stuck it out, that that I should have jumped into some writing groups. I should have went to those uh, writer rounds mm-hmm. and and did things um, and and stuck it out longer. And that eventually, you know, um, through my skills of writing and with my vocals, it would have got me. Something. Do you think you gave it a fair shot? No, no, I don't. Um, but is Okay, well, so now I'm hearing two different messages, sure. I guess. So what I'm under trying to understand is, is that, so you were there for three months. Right. And then you just, all you saw was negativity. So yeah. you basically said, F this, I'm out. Yeah. 
Uh, and I'll add in two. I'll add in one thing, and that is I played a show downtown um, at uh, the old Acme building, uh, which been called the Underground. It was brand new that year. Um, and I had played a show. Uh, it was a shift was from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, it was winter time, and it was and and you had to play for four hours straight, no breaks. That's how they run Nashville. It's four hours straight, no breaks. You just play. And I'm like, wow. Shit. <laughs> I'm not as yeah. I gotta go. F- I'm I got four hours without was. a cigarette. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> for me, it was more. You know, like I'm I'm in my th- mid 30s. I'm not even. You know, I'm not 20 years old. Holy smokes. This yeah. Is gonna smoke me. Yeah. Um. But but I did it, uh, and I did okay because there were some groups there that had seen me out on the road with Aaron Lewis that were just having to be tasked. Oh, this was all after Aaron. So they came, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. They came and supported me, and then there was a Budweiser guys that because they were my sponsor that year. They they'd come out too because they were in town. So I made like four hundred fifty bucks in tips, which is good. But yeah. Was, but they were high end guys, you know. They were tipping sure, me too. sure. Uh, but then the guy at the at the <laughs> when I got done. I walked over to him and he handed me my check. So I just opened it up to to say, you know, make sure they read out the right, right person, right name. Mm-hmm. And it was seventy five bucks. And I go, "What's this?" He goes, "That's your pay." I go, and I kind of, I remember looking down at it, going, and then my mind going, "Are you shitting me, Clark?" And I was trying to be nice about everything, you know. And then he, and then he looked at me, he's like, "So I'll see you tomorrow." And I was like, "No," because right then I'd made my mind up. I'm like, I can go home, even with the tip money I just made. Okay. And that check, I can go home and kick its ass in one night mm-hmm. and literally play for the four hours with three breaks. Yeah. And do it in the Midwest all day long. So why stay here? Why truly stay here? And that, so I think, you know, I, I, that's maybe why you're getting conflicting stories too, was that's in addition to everything I had seen and gone through during CMA Fest. And then I played that one show and that happened. And I just, I just decided that, one, I'm not that kind of person. I don't want to be that way. Sure. And two, I can make money at home and pay bills. Because, again, I'm in the 30s. I got bills. I got I got shit going on. Real life's going on. Yeah. I mean, I'm not married any longer, but. Um, so let me let me ask this. Why did the mentality change when you went to Nashville versus, versus what it was when you started Team Arvin Hammer Down? And I'm going to go back because you said earlier in the show that your mindset was is that you were going to play for free for as long as it took until you built a fan base. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you take the same mindset going Nashville. into Nashville? Um, Not that you should play for free. Right. Because you got to make money. You got to pay bills, right? Right. We, we said this. Yeah. But, like, you made 450 bucks in tips. And I know it sucks. But, I mean, you, you think about all these aspiring entrepreneurs and people who are doing things. And you even think back when you started T. Marvin Hammerdown. Yeah. You knew the sacrifice that you were going to have to make in order to get from point A to point B. Why didn't you take the same mentality with, with that approach, with the Nashville approach? I guess I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I think, I think I went out there already with maybe a little bit of arrogance. Maybe, maybe it was for me, it was, you know, uh, always know your worth. And there are many things I've done even after my name became known in the Midwest and Kansas city, especially where I was shorting myself, mm. you know, a, a lot, not a little bit, a lot. You know, I was mm-hmm. um, going and playing places just for tips because they'd ask me to come in and play. Well, we don't have a budget. We can come play. Sure. I, I have a hard time saying no. I get it. You know, like it was. So um, when I went out there, I just didn't, maybe I didn't realign myself like I should have. You know, maybe I. Have you completely given up on the idea? 
Uh, Knowing what you know now, I mean, because when you went there, obviously you're blindsided by yeah. a lot of different things. But I just wonder, like, and I'm we're friends, right? So sure. we're just having real talk here. Yeah, I I think about I I will use yours your example as, and I'm not trying to make this about me because this is the this is about Travis Marvin tonight. But I'll just this is an example. I remember being in a really this is maybe a stretch, but a really good high school athlete. Yeah. And in particular, I was a really good cross country and track runner. Me too. Okay. Yeah. And I was recruited to run at the next level. Uh-huh. And I remember, and I remember the coach of the college, like blowing up my phone and we really want you. And we're going to give you one of the best scholarships of any of the guys on the team mm. and just making me feel like I'm King Dingling. Right. Yeah. Um, and I get there. And the level of the bar has been raised. I'm not just the only good runner there. Like right. there's a lot of other guys that are very, very competitive. Yeah. And this is not going to be as easy for me as I thought it was going to be. Right. So <clears throat> I guess as I use that as the example, like, sure. you know, like you went to another level, like you went like leaving Kansas city to go to Nashville was like leaving high school. Where you were kind of the big fish in the pond, right? To now going to a Lots. lot of fish in the ocean, yeah. You know, and and I I got a rude awakening when I went to college, sure, to perform athletically, yeah, at the collegiate level. So, do you think maybe that there was some of that? Like maybe you just um, you weren't prepared mentally, psychologically. Psychologically, I can understand the the ethics part. I can understand yeah. the morality and just being like, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not selling my soul to the devil. Right. I'm not going to conduct myself that way. But the end prize is, hey, I, I'm a I'm a million uh, you know million dollar earner you know yeah. recording artist right you know so this is the shit i got to go through these are the sacrifices i'm going to have to make right in order to get there much like you you started in Kansas City to get where you were one of the best yeah um you know i i don't i don't know if that was really the case but he, i mean cuz here's the thing i know that every musician that's out in Nashville is good i've seen it i've been there they're not in Nashville if they suck right they no, they're not, and and they're not playing if they suck. I mean, that's it's everybody out there is is damn good, um, and deserving of anything they can grab. Um, problem, you like you said though, is there's so many fish in the small sea, mm-hmm. um, and it's the the whole idea of the industry being the way it used to be, which I hate referring to all that stuff. I hate you talking about what it used to be, um, because we can't change that. Uh, but it was, it, you know, it used to be that you, you got discovered on Broadway. Those mm-hmm. days are gone, man. Well, they I'm have sorry. been for they a while. They have been for 20 years, you know I mean? Like it, Probably it, longer it, than that. So so the idea of going to, to you know, now they call you, a, you get stuck on Broadway. That's how they refer to it. And and I when I got there, I think that my problem was is that I had already put in a lot of years here in the Midwest. Tons, right? Um, you know, six plus, I suppose. Seven mm-hmm. plus. And so going to Nashville, I I didn't really want to start over. Who the hell wants to do that? I just worked seven hard ass years somewhere and 
not to say that that maybe I should have expected that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or but that's that, where the arrogance but, comes but in that yeah, you were talking about earlier. Probably. Yeah. You know, but that's it's the same at the same point though, you know, like in most of those cases where the artist actually became something, they say it takes ten years. It's a ten year career before you're truly probably gonna make it somewhere. Go back and look at Gretchen Wilson, go look back look all the years and talk to all the artists that have made it somewhere. Yeah. That have number one hits or top ten hits on the radio. And they're gonna tell you they were in Nashville for ten plus years. Yeah. Chris Stapleton. And talk you can talk about all of them. Well, I hadn't been in Nashville for ten years. But I'd been in the Midwest for seven. Yeah. So and it doesn't carry over. Sorry. I know that as a reality. It doesn't carry over. No. And 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 I'm thirty plus years old. I'm thirty five plus years old. So now you're gonna be in your mid forties. So, so now I know yeah. the reality of me doing anything in that town is shit. Hmm. Now I can write. I'm always going to be able to write. I'm always going to have my mind, you know, unless I, God forbid, you know, get a disease where I lose it. Um, I'm always going to be able to write. You mm-hmm. can always write. Sure. Okay. But my singing abilities are getting harder. Every you feel day. like you're losing it every a little? day. I'm not losing it. It hurts. It literally hurts. The voice, the throat my hurts. My ribs hurt. My body hurts. You got to quit smoking as much as you do, man. And if it was about smoking, I'd say I agree. But it's not because I don't have a problem. I don't know how many times you and I had a conversation outside of PBR that you're going to quit smoking. And I'm going to fight this because (laughs) I don't have a a problem breathing. Okay. I don't have a problem getting through my notes or finishing things. That part's never changed. You know, I've got like, I've got a problem with muscles in my ribs around my rib cages. I don't know what it is. I can't heal it. They don't know what it is either. They can't Hmm. heal it. I've taken a, I took a two month break and it still doesn't work. It still comes back. I still fight it all the time. So as I'm getting older, your body can, you know, yeah, yeah you should have it. I get, body, trust me, I get everything that goes downhill, right? Q, I mean, how much slower smokes. do I move from one year to the next, right? Yeah. I mean, you got, <laughs> yeah. you got readers on, right? We right. About exactly. This. I mean, I'm just exactly. saying. So, so that is becoming more of a reality. And that unfortunately is out of my control. Now, I can control my health. Somewhat to a certain extent, right? I mean, look at Aaron Tippin. Look at guys that are studs that are in their 60s, 70s that are still singing. And I'll still be in that spot. But I think that, that um, you know, the reality of, of, of being a, an artist that is going to be next top level, that's gone. It's out. So and let me ask this then. Yeah. And I pause because I don't know how to ask it. And it's not <laughs> that I'm scared to ask it. I just don't really know how. Excuse me, how to ask it. Shoot it. First of all, this is a statement before the question. You're too freaking talented to give up on your dream. And I don't give a shit how old you are. Okay. There are many old people in Nashville still making a lot of money. Yeah. Performing. Right. Okay. So shut up with all the old talk. Just let me finish. Great. So the people that have made it then. As a Nashville record label recording artist, Mm. are you insinuating that they sold their self, they sold their soul to the devil? Like the only way that you can get ultimately the grand prize is that you have to sell your soul to the devil and be somebody that you are not. And you've decided that if that's what I have to do, to get the gold prize, I don't want any part of it. Is that the only way to get the gold prize? Um, is that a fair question? I think it's a fair question. I think, though, that there's, there's different 
situations probably but like for example i i, I believe that it's a fair question and a simple fact that uh the, well the answer would be yes i mean what is the devil though Define the devil. Well, I guess the devil devil is being somebody who shit talks and is negative and who's not trustworthy and everything that you said that made you feel uncomfortable. I think you have to have some of that in you. Yeah, you have to. You have to. (laughs) Hey, and I'm, listen, I will not be the first one. I'll be, no, I will be the first one to say I am not perfect, okay? Nobody I don't want anybody to think that I'm perfect by me saying that you got to be the devil and you got to shit talking this and that. And I'm sure I've talked shit somewhere on somebody. I'm sure I have. I'm sure I've had a bad day. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that I've I've been angry. I've been spiteful lately more than anything. I've stopped shitting sugar many years ago. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 but I will say that too. You know, I think a lot of those guys, somewhere along the lines, yes, they had to sell part of who they were to get what they wanted. And once they get to where they want, do they get to go back to what they want to be? To or a do certain they... extent, sir. Yeah. But you better be an A-level artist and tell me how many of those there really are. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, I mean I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, because you're still and, you're still under the thumb of everybody and everything when you. I are... mean, and, and here's the thing. I, I thought about this earlier, man. This gets me really fired up. So I got to go for it. No, I go for it. Here we go. Turn the hat backwards. Let's get serious. No, I gotta stay. <laughs> this is what pisses me off the most. Okay, This is what I've learned through the process of music. This is where I'm really super, super spiteful about the music industry. And you're not going to like it. You're not. Because I think. And this could hurt my career, possibly. No, not really. I think radio is bullshit. <laughs> Wait. First listen, of all. Listen. No. Okay, I, fine. I, I, let me finish this whole thing. Go for it. I think radio is bullshit. I think that country music labels are bullshit. And I'm going to justify all this for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it out on the line for Go you. Go for it. I think that Nashville, Tennessee, used to be a very pure, pure, and 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 uh, wonderful city to live in, but after and and I'll, you can tie this to any damn thing you want. You can tie it to corporate world, you can tie it to companies, you can tie it to our political stance if you'd like to. Okay, but I'm going to tell you this, this, and this is my opinion. Great, everybody here, this is my opinion. <laughs> Fired up on the Paparon podcast. That's right. And that is that. You know, uh, why do I think that the country radio is bullshit? Because if you as a listener ever think and you do think and most listeners think they create number one hits on country radio you don't do shit that's real that's a reality you think your phone calls make number one hits and your requests go into country music radio stations you're wrong you think that a lot of people call into radio stations to make requests again you're wrong there's a lot of radio stations that will sit there and say we've got tens and twenties and thirties and fifty thousands of users and people that call in every day they don't. Okay, it's all facade, smoking fucking mirrors, and that's the reality. Yep, it's true. And I have no problem with fucking saying it. If you want to look at Bobby Bones, who did a very big thing, made a very big step one time on TikTok, and I saw it, and he put a reality video out there that said this. It said, "If you think as a user you make a number one hit, your a song, you're wrong." Explain to- it's the people in Nashville. It's the groups, the small number of people that have their hands around everybody's nuts yep. and make every single decision. It's money, politics, bullshit. Yep. That's it. Money, it politics equals bullshit. And, and people, for some reason, don't want to see that or believe it. 
and I can tie it to politics. Mm -hmm. I can tie it to television. I can tie it to anything in this country, and that's the part that so far, number one, has pissed me off the most, even though it's out of my control. Yeah. I'm only me that can control me and how I decide how things go. I get to make those decisions for me, and that's it. But when I see it day in and day out, as a person who's trying to advance his life and his career, and then I always said I didn't give a shit about politics. I didn't. I voted. Always who I wanted to vote for because I believed in what they were. I voted both sides of the damn fence. How do you like that? Sometimes it'd be a Democrat. Sometimes it'd be a Republican. Mm -hmm. It's who I believed in what was going to do something right for me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time now, <laughs> I don't know who the hell's telling the truth. And, and, and a lot of people are going to say, well, it's just, I, I don't know, man. There's, I don't have the answers. I don't. Well, there's a difference between Washington politics and business yes. politics, Nashville politics. And music, you know, yeah, there's a big difference. It's, just but a, it's those look, guys in you, Nashville the, that make all the decisions. The term politics, it we're using generally as a way that you're conducting yourself to get what you ultimately want. Right. And it's all the under the table you know, handshakes yeah. and, and the rubbing that. of the elbows. Yeah, and, and explain that. There, there, there are guys that, that stand with Big Machine Records, that stand with Sony, that stand with all these top three or top four country labels. Curb, Mercury, yeah. RCA. I'm looking yeah. at you as in the audience because I want you to see this. And, and they all sit at a table, a round table, or a bar or wherever it is, and enjoy their drinks and sip their wine and cocktails. And they all agree on who's going to be number one this week. I'll give you this number one this week if you give me these two number ones this week after that with my couple lower guys so we can get them some recognition and make us some money. That's how it works. If you want to go beyond that, go to American Idol. Go to, go to uh, what's, what's the new, the newest one right now? Uh, uh, the chair turn, turnaround. Uh, yeah. Go, go, to, go, to, go to America's Got Talent. Go to, go to any reality TV show the, that you... Uh, the Voice. The Thank Voice. You. Go to yeah. The Voice, okay? Go to any one of those shows. And from day one, they're a reality show. Mm -hmm. They have that shit planned out years from now. They know seasons from now who's going to win the damn show. They can. They sit there and they and they and they recruit the. I've been recruited for like season fifteen or twenty. We're like a season ten or twelve or wherever we're at. Like I've been recruited for way ahead, and they really? want you to fill this for paperwork. the voice. Yeah, for they want you to fill this paperwork out. And then, and then you sit there, and, and they come back to you and say, well, we don't really like that you're a construction worker. Can you be a, a flower garden guy? Can you be? They want to mold you to being this person. If you think Tate Stevens worked on a fucking construction truck his whole life, you're wrong. That's how pissed off I am. And that's how pissed off I've been for a while. And you stop shitting sugar and talking about stop things. Stop a second. Stop yeah, a second. I'm stop, gonna, I'm stop a second. No, no, no. I, I know you are. No, no, no. I don't want you to stop about being pissed off. I want you to stop and I want you to confirm with me again that that whole storyline. I know Tate when I say no Tate. Yeah. I introduced Tate and gosh damn, what was the name of his band then? Um, Tate Stevens and the something dragon. No, 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 no. This was when it was, oh. God, this is going to bug the hell out of me. It was an actual band that had been around. Anyway, they had opened up a lot of different shows, much like you did in the day, uh, but it was prior to you coming around. Anyway, Tate was the lead singer yeah. of the band. Oh, uh, the, uh, they had a bus. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Fiddle player. Okay, yes, uh, yes. I know what you're talking about. Uh, <gasps> is it Dan, the fiddle player? Mm -hmm. I can't, mm, anyway, he was good. Anyway, I... I, I I got sidetracked. <laughs> I know I knew Tate from that. That's yes. all. That's the only way I knew Tate. Yeah. I didn't know anything about his personal life. Right. But I did watch. Um, America's Got Talent. 
No, no, it wasn't America's Got Talent. That's what he wanted. That was X Factor or something like that. Okay, yeah, you're right. Um, And it was X Factor, yeah. I did not realize that he worked for the city (laughs) of (laughs) Peculiar or Raymore or whatever it was. Whatever, yeah. Where he was on the street crew and all this. I didn't know. So you're. are you telling me for yeah. a fact that he did not do that job? If he did, it's it was com- for a month. If he did, like they made it act like. So, it was have his you life. and Tate had conversation about oh, that? At, uh, and, and he says it's that's all molding to just have a storyline, and it's complete bullshit. No, we've never had that discussion. No, I can't say that. But, but I'm not stupid. I mean, if, if I mean, you, you're on like, yeah, you're, go ahead. You, you're telling me you're for the. This is on the record. Put it out like, there, and you're saying that. Tate Stevens did not do what they claimed that he did. No way. Uh, and you're confident in saying that. No way. Okay. Okay. That's, hey, I'm not going to no argue way. with you. If you believe it, you believe it. I don't know the answer to it, but now I want to have Tate Stevens. Have him on. On the next podcast. I want to be with him. When we I've do, got his number, actually. I had to call him and say, Tate. Did you really work for the city? Like, were like what they, was that your livelihood? Like, did you pay your bills? Or did they, uh, what do you want to call What's the word you use? Did they increase the storyline because it's all about ratings right well for them yeah of course yeah, for all the reality shows it's all about ratings that's why they put that shit on there that's why they put the crappy singers on there to make it so you go watch in the beginning you know they want to make it about all good singers cues off off microphone luke combs he said luke combs just talked about that kind of stuff so this is where i'm going with this like okay at some point where are we at? Let's I don't know. But it's, an hour and forty. It's starting to get it's starting to get juicy now. And I knew ahead. we were going to get here eventually. You got the people <laughs> like Jamie Johnson, yeah, who mother f's radio. You've got the people like, um, well, a lot of the Red Dirt guys do it. Well, um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I don't, Luke Combs, I don't know that he's, he's, but he's honestly being, he's obviously being honest about some of the, there's, what I'm saying is that there are the artists out there who see through the bullshit. Mm-hmm. They see through the politics. And they were still able to make it, Travis. Right. So that didn't stop them from being who they were. And no. it wouldn't no, stop it, you from being you. No, it hasn't. So I guess, like, I don't want you to give up on your dream, bro. I don't want Here's you to give the up thing, on your dream. Here's the thing, as I don't. And, 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 you and need another soda. I'm not going Yeah, maybe. I'm not What do you want, Coke or yeah, Coke Zero? Coke, please. Let Regular it, Coke, let please, it, baby. Let it Thank you. I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to give up on my music career, okay? Well, you're not going to give up on the Nashville dream? Yeah, the Na- yes, please. Nashville dream's out. It is out. Here's why. Okay. There are, I guess if it becomes writing only, Nashville maybe could work. But from a musical standpoint, with all the technology the way it is, let me put it in front of you this way. I've spent $276,000 in three years. On recording music, how much do you think I made back from that? Just put a number out there. Go ahead. Hmm. I think get, I've got a pretty real. good idea. Go let's say mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with fifteen grand, <laughs> sixty five hundred bucks. Okay, I wasn't far. I no, was... you weren't far. But but you do the math, and and I know they're gonna say, well, that's and and listen, I'm not saying it's 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 all it, it's. Is it because you had a natural it, engineer? And Ash in and Nashville studio my musicians. Co- my cost? Yeah. No. No. Thank you. Q. No, it's 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 hey, no. did you put ice in that? <coughs> oh, okay. Did you want right. you want some ice in it? No, it's good. It's perfect. Okay. It's like that. All right, all right. Um no, it's more about like 
You know, I, I, I've never had a team of people that have helped me. Okay. I've always done everything since day one. That's not entirely true. Don't you think Mike Kennedy's been a big help to you in, in a lot of different ways? Is like, is this going to get you in trouble? No, I'm not afraid to say anything. Okay. Then go for it. Um, I think, you know, I love Mike Kennedy, Mike law. Mm -hmm. I love Mike Kennedy. Um, I've told him every day that I'm grateful for what he's done for me from the beginning on. I mean, he, he's he's why he is why I was the beginning of T. Marvin Hammerdown. Mm-hmm. From that point, I think I made my own run with mm-hmm. what I was doing and how I was performing. Um, I think the mistake, partial mistake, I made was I put all my eggs in Mike Kennedy's basket. And and I don't know that I've ever told Mike that exactly, but what do you I've mean had, by that? I've had a lot of people the, tell me that. The, the, Listen, Mike Kennedy is known for starting a lot of musicians' careers, mm-hmm. like Sheldon. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Rascal I, I, Flats. Rascal Flats. I, I, we, you, you can go through the names. Yep. You know, I know them. So when I found that out as a, as an early early musician or artist, um, I mean, why wouldn't a person? go to somebody that's really truly super successful in doing those things mm-hmm. and hope that that works for you. And I thought I had it. I thought I had um, enough to make that happen. And Mike being the person he is did not hand that to me. And I thought maybe he might. And I think that was where I made a mistake is, is by putting all my eggs. In so you took my Mike for granted baskets. Um, I guess we take it that way. I, I don't know that I took him for granted for sake, but I, I, I think that I planned on as long as I continued my successful climb as an artist and opening for all the artists that I was opening for and doing the bigger shows and getting the bigger venues and traveling the road and doing those things that mm-hmm. I would get help along the way of, here's an agent that would love to talk to you. Here's a company that you can go talk to. Here's my best friend, Jimmy Harnan at, at big, at, at big machine records that I think could help. You. And that never happened. And it never happened. And, well, and why do you think, did you ever ask him? No, like, why, why hasn't I've, this ever happened? Mike? I've never, no, I've never asked him. Um, instead I asked him, why do you think, where do you think I went wrong? And it was because I didn't stay in Nashville. So maybe he had that, maybe he had that planned out for me. Maybe if I would have stayed in Nashville and I would have started writing more and I would have played those writers' rounds and I would have gained that respect of level of still mm-hmm. working hard, mm-hmm. I might have got that, but I didn't do it. Do you believe that? Believe what? That you left too early. Do you um, believe, Mike, that when he, he told you that you left too early and I that think you should have I, done X, Y, and Z... And had you done that, then there was still a chance. I think to a certain extent, and I think that I didn't because I was overwhelmed with the size of Nashville. I was not aggressive enough. And I've gone back to that now how many times? I've said I was not aggressive. I'm not an aggressive person. I've never... um, Do you know how many phone calls truly I've made to have a show? Not many. I've never reached out to somebody and said, hey, I'd love to play your venue. I don't know. Why? I don't know how to do it. Because I'm not that confident in that part of me. Then you need to hire somebody who is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what the Thank f- you. I, will, I need an agent. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Give Papa me Ron Podcast right here. You heard, it, you heard it here first. <laughs> Travis Marvin is looking for an agent. He's yeah. looking for a pit bull 
that will go out and sell some shows. I've got someone out. I've got one working. Do you? On. Yeah, I got yeah. a lady working on it. Good, good. You know, but I think it's it's. Well, let, it, let me just. I'm going to get back to the mic thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Mike listens to this. Obviously, Mike and I have known each other for years. Sure. I know that he occasionally sees my stories because I can easily click on the story and see who's looked at it. And right. he occasionally sees that I'm promoting this podcast. So yeah. who knows? You know, KT could see that I'm promoting this podcast with Travis Martin, Johnny Barnes. Maybe. You know, any of these guys, KC Brown, who's Lynn, uh, uh, Lori Brown, who's all good friends yeah. with Mike Kennedy. They, yes. they, yeah. they, this, it, they could potentially, oh, Travis Marvin's on with Ronnie. I wonder what they're yeah. going to talk about. Yeah. Point yeah. is, this could get back to Mike, sure. you know? And so I guess, well, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not worried or scared about anything getting back to Mike because we're just speaking honest truth conversation here. Right. I haven't said so, anything bad yet. And all I'm saying <laughs> is, is you have given me two different impressions. The impression is, is that Nashville is evil. <clears throat> it's yeah. the devil. It's, you know, in order to get where you want to go, you have to conduct yourself in a way that will is, I'll just, maybe not accurate, but I'll use the word sinful. Mm -hmm. But I've also heard you say, it's my fault. I didn't stay long enough. I may have, you know, took for granted. Uh, again, I'm just going to use the term. I may be inaccurate, yeah. but took Mike for granted. I thought maybe it was going to be handed to me a little bit more because of my relationship with him and his, yeah. you know, interest or um, evaluation of my talent. Sure. Um, so, but what is it? Which is it? Is it both? Is it, I mean, well, I think because we've already established that there are, are, are artists that are similar to you in ethics and, and character yeah. who have made it and they will call Nashville out just like you're doing tonight. Yeah, I think I just didn't stay long enough. Okay. Uh, and, and, but at the same time, too, in order for me to stay, I, I had to buy into the bullshit. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that either. So it's both. I okay. mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. And it can be. There's, there's no reason why it can't be both. And you don't regret that? Um, you had to know that you were going to have to, like, there was going to have to be some sacrifices. Or did you not? Did you think it was going to come easy? I think that part of me probably thought it was going to come easy. Came easy here. Was there, was there any, like, was Mike telling you anything? Or was there anybody in Mike's circle that were telling you, like, hey, man, don't worry about this. Like, you just go there. You hang out for a few months. No. You got this. That was giving you the reason to, to no. believe that, man, I'm, I'm in. It's just I'm, I'm waiting it out. I'm going to be there. No, I didn't so, talk to anybody about it. I didn't, I, I, I didn't communicate with So it was person. all assumption then? It was sure. Or presumptuous? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have any mentors. While so this there. is what I'm saying, man. Like, you, look, you are you're holding yourself accountable for what you did. Yeah, you know, which is admirable in my opinion. Like, you had a dream. You got there. It wasn't what you thought. Maybe you got a little shell shocked. It made you a little sick. You were heartbroken. You know, it was like, yeah. ah, it's not what I thought it was going to be. It didn't happen as fast as I thought it was going to happen. You know, now you know. Now you know. Yeah. Give it another chance, man. You know now. You're a smarter guy now. Here's, don't, here's another thing I always say. Q, tell me if I don't always say this. <laughs> I don't want to be 80 years old and in a retirement home or a nursing home and look back on my life and go, damn it. I let that negativity stop me from trying. Yeah. I wish I would have tried. Yeah. Um. I don't think I can make the decision today. 
I think I got. I That's fair. To, yeah, you know, I think I'm just being a friend. No, saying, I, know, man, I know. You've got. I know you've what got you're talent. saying. It's just a matter of you know. There's. There's. Um, let, okay, so let I just me. don't like those people. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to them, man. I mean, it's true. Listen, there, listen. I I I did go to Nashville with with a with a pretty good substantial amount of money. Okay, I had somebody that that, that gave me a lot. Yeah, of money. Uh, and we went there and and we did some dealings and. And uh, he's full of shit. The guy with the money? No. Which, which who's full of shit? Can you tell me who's full of shit? Mm. <laughs> you want to, but you don't I know do. if you should. I do, but I don't know if I should. Yeah, Is I'd it, love to. So it's a record label. Uh, or indep- independent. Okay, an independent record label. Good friends with Mike Kennedy. Ooh, I know exactly who you're talking about. J.E. Yep. So, you know. Um, so what happened there? Did he. 30,000 bucks a month. Going to give this, that. So, uh, no, 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 no. Shit all fell what, through. What, what, $30,000 a month, what? You were going to have to pay. For cost, yeah, to do to do the promotion of a song, of single release. and uh, So and, you found an investor then that was going to front that cost. Oh, they fronted it. They gave it to me. And you gave that to J.E.? Uh, uh, no, it was going to be a monthly type payment. But did you give him any money? First month came up. No, hell no. Why? He what happened? Me, he wanted me to. The first month come up, due, and, and nothing had gone on. We talked about bullshit. You know, I'd, I'd made two trips to Nashville with the investor. Sat in front, and it was always going to happen, and nothing happened. And there was always an excuse. And then, so I didn't pay. The second month came through, and we were going to do a... um. Let's see. They had scheduled a, oh, you're going to come sing at the um, Tin Roof on Demumbrium. And we're going to do a show. I need you to invite everybody you know as record labels or anybody you know that, that, that could hear your music. And uh, and when you get here, though, we're going to do a photo shoot first. We want to change you. We want, want you to wear a fedora hat. We want you to wear there this and that, go. right? Okay, so go. are you feeling this? Oh, yeah. That's why I'm getting more pissed off again. So <laughs> get, Go with it, brother. So at any rate, um, uh, uh, you need to be this person. You, we need you to be more like the Midland guy. We want you to be. And so the whole time I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Like, I'm not. Nobody wears a ball cap anymore. I don't give a shit what they wear. I don't. I, I, that's what I wear. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so at any rate, though. We're going to do all this stuff. So I make phone calls to the Enzo. I make phone calls to, to um, uh, gosh, who's the guy that always, he gets shoes, tennis shoes. like crazy. EJ. EJ. I call EJ. EJ Burnus. Yeah, I call Burnus up. I call, you know, I called like, we're talking four or five, six guys. Even guys that are, that are huge, not necessarily in just music. They have a lot of money. Lots. Mm-hmm. But they're involved in music. So I call all these guys, and they're coming to my show at the Tim Roof. They want to come. I'm paying five thousand bucks, ten thousand bucks to have an open bar. Y'all can come in, drink all you want. I want you to listen to my music. Want to do something with that? One week out, I get a phone call. Man, I'm sorry, we couldn't get the tin roof booked. I said okay. Who's telling you this? Je? Yes, and his partner. Meanwhile, too, we were supposed to do this photo shoot when I get there, right? Then the other guy's other partner calls me again. And says, "Man, I'm sorry, dude. The photographer just bowed out." Okay. So I then call. I said, let's do this. You have a really nice house. Super nice. Got a great big nice backyard. Nice cool deck. Let's have a party there. Right? No big deal. I'll pay you for it. 
No, man. I, you know, my wife, I said, send her to the fucking basement. Let's have a party. Like, I'm not, like, this is, there's no bullshit here. I just went out on a limb, put my name on my ass, called all these guys up who changed their fucking schedules to be at this party. Like, EJ had, EJ was going to Texas. It's, he, had, he was going with Danielle Peck or whoever. He's been doing with somebody. Mm-hmm. And so, he, yeah, man, we're there. We're, we'll switch up stuff. We'll be there. Whether he was going to be or whether he wasn't going to be, he was going to be. I knew he was. I knew he said he was. And, uh, and then all that shit dropped. I mean, within two weeks, all that stuff was gone. And I, and I had spent money on a guy to come and play at the tin roof with me to back me up. It cost me 800 bucks, and I paid him way before. And, and then just all this stuff, right? So at that even so even at we're two months into a what supposedly I already paid like thirty fifty thousand dollars for nothing, absolutely nothing. But yet he was going to work hard for me. He was going to do what it took to get me to the next level. With maybe I want to get this song's badass song. I love this fucking song. Those are the words. It's going to be great. Okay, I got the money. We're ready. You know, and and you only get one shot. You don't get more than one. You know that. Mm. You kind of get more than one, but, but one shot, when I, when I say one shot, it's, one shot when you, you get, invite the label guys out to come out and check you out. Here's the thing. You get one real shot. One real shot. Yeah. This doesn't sound like it was a real shot. Oh, uh, and that was a bullshit shot that was going to cost me a lot of money. I am really disappointed to hear that story. And it, 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 Yeah. No, that's, and that's true shit. I'll show you the email. Did you, you talk to Mike phone? about that? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm just going to keep it to myself. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I don't want you to say anything you're not comfortable yeah, saying, but, I like, mean, they're bros. They're, like, they're bros. Are they? Um, Last I saw, they were bros. Okay. So, obviously, that did not go well. I'm that, just saying, that didn't go over well. I'm just saying, no. I'm just saying, think about this. Think about the music industry. Yeah, I know, bro. I know. I mean, shit, I saw this. <laughs> oh. So that's where I right get. There, you know, yeah, yeah, that's where I get my spite. That's where I yeah. get my. You were every, sold on a bag of goods. Just do what you say you're going to do. It's the biggest fucking thing. Sorry. All I want, Mom and buddy. dad are listening, and I just said the F <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> it I'm I've done just this saying, that's, that's what. Yeah, you're right. It's the biggest. It is my biggest pet peeve in life. Yeah. Like professionally, personally, whatever you want to call it. Just do what you said you were going to do. Yeah, shit happens. It, it, things yes, come up. Things bet. come up. That's fine. I get it. I you know, you call me up and you're honest. Hey, something came up. Whatever. But don't string me along. Don't feed me a line of bullshit. Yeah. Just do what you said you're going to do. If you can't make it right the first time, make it right the second time. And here's the thing, you know as well as I do. Walking into Nashville, Tennessee as an artist, I don't give a shit how much money you have. There is no guarantee. Never. You are a lottery nope. ticket that's scratched. Yep. That wins one out of six, one out of eight, sometimes two out of 25 times. Okay, do the odds. Go look at the back of the card. Mm-hmm. That's what they really are. Mm-hmm. Okay, a- every one out of six are winners. Um, and so even knowing that, I knew that there was no guarantee. Right. I knew that. Yeah. But still, he didn't do anything that he said he was going to do. And he so still, how, still want to pay. Look, we're going to take a break here in a second, but I want to end this segment with yeah. how... Did that then again? Because I'm trying to I'm trying to visualize this. I, I mean, short of saying his name, we've called him Je. Let's just call him Je. Yeah, I've known Je for years. 
I yeah. known him because of actually shit. I knew Mike. I knew Je before Mike. Really, yeah. I remember Je when he was representing Shane Miner, and they were coming from. <laughs> yeah, right. They were coming through uh, from Mill or uh, from Minna. Uh, shit, I'm going to screw this up. Uh, Minneapolis, mm-hmm. coming through Wausau, Wisconsin, at the radio station I was working at the time, and going to Green Bay, and they stopped by, and I think that was the first time I met Je. Right. Yeah. And he's, I mean. Good looking dude, got the great golden locks, great personality. <laughs> I mean, he can sell you in a second, yeah. you know, and he's always been tight with Mike, right? So I'm blown. I'm actually very disappointed to hear that this went the way it did. Now, you know, he might have a different story. And if he wants to come on a podcast and share his story, share his story, I'd love to hear it. Please. Um, but how did then does this, do you have a closure on it? Like, did you, did you have, did you finally have my a conversation closure, with him? My closure was a phone call. Um, he was obviously riding his convertible, a little windy sounding. <laughs> Wind and was blowing through his lovely golden locks. locks. And um, <laughs> I just told him, I said, look, man, I, I'm, I don't like where it's gone. And, and I don't want to waste the one shot I have with the money I've got. And everything that you said we're going to do. Never has happened yet. And these are little things. These are little $10,000 things. Mind you, I've got $600,000 in my pocket. Okay? So you don't want to fuck off that money mm-hmm. in no way, shape, or form. Because usually mm-hmm. the cost is an average of probably $1 to $3 million okay. to start a guy. So I know I've got a very tight budget to watch where it goes and how it goes. Got the talent. Yeah, yeah. Got the got the experience. So you basically are saying this isn't need, working out. What? Are, yeah. So and 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 I all I got back was oh, T Marv, you know, listen. Uh, here's how it goes. You know, I told you it was going to be pretty rough in the start of it, and that things weren't going to quite go as right. Do I sound like him yet? Yes. And uh, hey, man, uh, my wife's calling me right now. I got to talk to you later, man. We'll catch up soon. Click. There's your fucking phone call. That's how it happened. And you told Mike all of this? Yeah. And you're not going to tell me how his response was? No. Okay. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> oh, on, it's boy. getting hot in here. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, we should have just let off the podcast with all of this stuff. All right. When we come back, Marv's got his, uh, T Marv's got his guitar. I want to talk about being on the road with Aaron Lewis. And I want to talk about what is next for Travis Marvin. It's all coming up next as we finish up the Papa Ron Podcast. You're listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. Keep up to date on new podcasts, new discussion topics, and future casts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Search Papa Ron Podcast and be sure to like and leave a comment. Now, back to the show. Here again is your host, Ronnie Phillips. Wow, wow, wow. Papa Ron Podcast with my boy, Travis Marvin. And I knew that we had a chance for this to get deep and below the surface. I didn't expect this, though. Um, And and I'm not upset about it by any means. There's a lot of validity to a lot of what you said. Some of it I can't speak intelligently on, but some of it I can. And I can tell you everything that you said about uh, the listeners actually dictating artists going number one and the people calling into the show or calling into the radio station and requesting this song X amount of times. And that's what drives number one hits. Mm. 
you are one hundred percent accurate. It is not. It is, and that's know, unfortunate because that's what people think. And why is that? Because because at one time it probably was. Well, at one time there was probably the, that was what it maybe, and I don't know. Maybe that was back in the seventies or eighties. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I know but like. I mean, I only got into radio in the mid nineties. That's yeah. when I started. So yeah. like, I don't know how much of that was weighted towards that, but I will tell you this, that for many years, there was a problem with pay for play. And then there was Playola, eventually there. Long, yeah. yeah, there yeah. was. And then that, they, it still happens. They, are you shitting me? In a different form. Right. Yeah. But so they would literally send the CD <laughs> and they, look. yeah, they would send the CD. Right? <laughs> right. And they would take the cash. Yeah. Put it in their drawer and push play. I don't have any. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. So let's say, like right here, there's a $50 bill. Yeah. Hey, all right, I'm going to send this one to Mike Kennedy. Yep. I'm going to go and slip that one in the Thanks, middle. pal. There you go. Yeah, crazy. And it's Nobody so- knows. He's going to open it up when he opens his mail, you know, and then eventually, you know, if, then if you don't play it, then the money stops showing up. Right. You keep playing it, the money keeps showing up. Right. And do you think that that don't happen anymore? I don't think money shows up in CDs anymore. That's right. So let me ask you this. Like, for example, like the Sirius, the highway. Okay. Sirius XM? Sirius XM. Yeah. You have to pay. You what? You have to pay for them to play your music. Oh, I'd say, I'm so far removed. I, you do. I don't know. No, I, I mean, that. That, was, that was on my, with JE, that was part of the plan. It was, it was. You're going to give so much money. There $500 cost for Sirius XM. Play. So is he representing anybody who's doing anything? I don't know. No, you don't. I mean, I don't he doesn't know. have like a even a C level nah. artist on his label. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Anyways, I all don't right, know. let's move on past that conversation. Anyway, <laughs> I just appreciate the transparency. Um, yeah, and I'm not. You know, I I, I can tell you that that is certainly 100 percent accurate. Yeah, for people who are listening to this podcast. It is dictated by the program director, if not the music director, depending on how much flexibility or trust that that PD has in the MD that they're going to decide from week to week um, how many spins that particular record is going to get. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, and there, and there, there's a, you know, um, there's a, I'm not going to get into who, but you know, there's one radio station here in town that uh, um, gave me attention. And now because of, certain people leaving or doing things they could give two shits about my creation okay mm-hmm. there's another one that loves to play my stuff doesn't every day but still will and if i call and ask this <clears> minute <throat> you bet um wait a minute i'm confused but it goes to show you that you you don't uh it's just it's 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 weird the, obviously corporate world odyssey okay mm-hmm. odyssey mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm um, owns all the wolves, right? Wolves mm-hmm. everywhere. Yep, all the, yep, plenty yep. other ones too. They wouldn't look at my song if I, <laughs> unless I have somebody from one of the large labels calling them, and I am producing uh, what they want to call hits on their radio station because people are listening to them stations mm-hmm. and create ratings for them stations. Uh-huh. They won't give me the time of day, ever. Uh, it doesn't matter if my song because. If my song's better than the Luke Combs current song that's out now, they still wouldn't give a shit because I'm not driving <clears throat> that listening listenership uh-huh. to help their rating to make them number one. Of course, which is odd because I in the last two days I've seen 
Facebook posts from two different radio stations in town claiming they've got the number one morning show. So who really does? we will never going to know that. I mean, I can you. We could probably gain access to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but, I know some people. But you always want to say that you're the number one hit station. You're the number one this and that. It's oh, all I know. about driving. I know. Thing. But so, here's the thing: is that the, <clears throat> it comes down to well, shit. We're going to get into radio lingo talk, but like, I guess I'll just say this: if Q104 is saying that they were voted number one, mm-hmm. they were the number one rated morning show. Yeah. Well, they might be with women eighteen to thirty four. Right. They might be with males twenty five fifty four. Right. You know. What is their target demo? Is their target demo, you know, 1849 women? Right. Yeah, right. which it is, or at least it used to be. Women, 1849. Yeah. You know, so or, it's not a full 2554, obviously, is the money demo. But, you know, right. you're, um, and you win that, you win that, then, hey, you're number one. Yeah. You, of, of all the country stations, you're number one. Right. You know, so you can say that. I'm it's, number one. It's just not a full transparency. Though. It's not full transparency. Not at all. I mean. And that's, that, that's just how we are today. <laughs> That's how the country works. Okay, let's move on from Jesus. all of that. Let's move on. All right, so uh, I want you to play some a song or two, whatever you're comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to talk about where you're going, what, what the future is for Travis Marvin. You'll be shocked. Okay. And I want to know about what it was like on the road with Aaron Lewis. Because he's really probably the biggest artist you traveled with, right? Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I know Aaron on somewhat of a level. He, I mean, he doesn't know me, but like he's in, or was, I don't know. Is he still doing a TV show? Do you know? He was, he was doing, he was on outdoor channel there for a little while. Yeah, but no, he's not. And I remember, you know, I think maybe he was, but Yallapalooza, he played at Yallapalooza at Starlight. Uh, it was actually, might've been my last Yallapalooza. I don't remember. Anyway, so we did, we, yeah, he played at Starlight. Was that a little big town too? Mm, I not, think so. Uh, that might be, I don't remember. Anyway, anyways, so ahead. we talked about me starting Heartland Waterfowl on out, and at the time we were going to be on Outdoor Channel. Yeah, and we were, and we eventually moved to Sportsman Channel. And so, I say all of this to say is that I get a pretty good feel who I think Aaron Lewis is, mm-hmm. and Aaron Lewis is not your typical. He's a matter of fact everything against what you were talking about Nashville. He's everything that you, that I, and you can tell me if I'm wrong because this is just my perception. Yeah. But everything that you talked about as far as what Nashville is, is not Aaron Lewis. I feel like he's the guy that will give Nashville the middle finger. Um, He is so right wing, so conservative, Mm -hmm. so second amendment, so, uh, Pro uh, animal conservation, you know, hunting, all right. of the things. Um, but he was also, you know, in a rock band, staying, yeah. you know, prior to, you know, going, doing this country thing. So what's, am, am I inaccurate in my assessment of who I think Aaron Lewis is? No, I think you're, you're pretty spot on, um, except for. He's uh, not going to give Nashville the middle finger? You know, no. Listen, when I first met him, absolutely. Um. He wouldn't give. He would allow radio stations to come in when we were going to shows. He would not. Uh, he would. He would oh. allow them to come in and talk to him. He did not want to talk to them though. Um, and uh, so he played the game. So he played, kind of played the game, but didn't want to, and 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 really was always kicking and screaming about it. And most of the times he he, you know, he put the song "That Ain't Country" out, which was mm-hmm. pretty much mm-hmm. damning every station for playing FGL, right? Yep. Um, that's every radio station, by the way. 
I'm just, I'm, I'm just standing correct. No, 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 you're that. right. You're so, right. at any rate, you know, I, I think that um, today, I think he still plays that role, but I, I do believe too that he got a little more laxed on it. I think his management company finally made him understand. Look, you have to play the the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's life, dude. But like, that's it life doesn't matter. I, like I got to play the game. Like some of the I, shit that I got to do. Yeah. dealing with the the network for Heartland Waterfowl. Like, there's some politics and right. some game playing that goes on there. It sucks. I don't like well, it, but I can't give it the middle finger. And I still don't. I still don't think. Yeah, I still don't think that that uh, he does as much. Um, I, I don't think he'll ever play the game. He Aaron is a um, is a caring souled person. He's got a caring, very caring heart that also is surrounded by darkness. And if you knew, you know the stories that I knew um, about him growing up, uh, about uh, you know his, his past as, as a child. Um, so he opened up to you personally about his past. Yeah. 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 I, 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 did he do it in confidence? I've read it. Yes. Yeah. I would never, what do you mean you read it? So if you read it, then it's not in confidence. Well, I read it. Psychologist report. Oh, okay. He let you, he gave that that to you. Okay. Yeah. He knew. I mean, I had to, so we can't talk about that. It's essentially where you're going. That's fine. I burned it. Actually. It's, it's gone. Why? So he gave it to you? Uh, being the bus driver. Why? Because I had to get rid of it. No. <laughs> I'm really confused right now. Yeah, it was so just, he the, gave you a psycho, a psych report on him. He didn't give it to us. It was stored in a storage unit. And he wanted it gone. Get rid of it. Oh, he wanted you to. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Gotcha. So at any rate, you know, uh, yeah, Aaron opened up a lot. Listen, I, I mean. I, I, you still um, keep in contact with him? Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, we still check. Because I love the guy. I, yeah. I, I don't know him like you do, but I, I love, like, especially you know, when he came out with the song about, am I the only one? Yeah. You man. know, like, what a, yeah. what, and I think Ira Dean might have even wrote, helped yeah, him Ira write Dean that song. Wrote that, yeah. And I love Ira too. Yeah. Um, it's different. Um, I'm not a big Ira Dean fan. I see a lot of bullshit. Um, you know, Aaron and I get along. It's weird because I, you would think that I wouldn't get along with Aaron because Aaron is everything opposite of what I am. As an artist, like what? Um, he's very transparent. He's he is very transparent, and um, as a person, though, I don't see Aaron as a good person. And that's not nothing against his character. It's just who he is. Okay, it's what he does. It's living on the road. Mm-hmm. It's remember we talked about this. Mm-hmm. You know, you wanted to kind of hear the things I've seen in the back roads. Right. So are you talking about the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, or what? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, and, and, and that, I don't know if that makes him a bad person, I guess. I, some people will say that. Uh, Johnny Barnes always says it doesn't make you a bad person. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it just doesn't. Just be nice. Yeah. Johnny would say, just be nice. <laughs> oh, man, don't get me started on that. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, but, but it was amazing that we got along so well. And it, it started in the very beginning. Why do you think it, why? Uh, I don't know, because I think I know how to handle him. I know how to handle it better than most people do. Uh, if, if if a person's arrogant, I can handle arrogance. Do you think it had something to do with the fact that he saw something in you? Yeah. I mean, he yeah, being I mean, the, the person that he was, the stature of he was, he was one of the, I shouldn't say the few. only, but one no, of the one few of that few. said, you know what? Yeah. I like you, dude. Give you a shot. Let's get, Absolutely. Yeah. 
It's a respect thing. Mm-hmm. And they did. I mean, that was the first time we, first So time when we met. somebody does that, had Nashville done that, let's say no. J.E. done that, let's say yeah, any of the ad agencies did that, do you think no. that you could have, because it sounds like, you know, he, you, you didn't subscribe necessarily to his way of living or his character, but because he was one of these guys who believed in you and yeah. liked you and he was giving you a shot to go on tour with him, then you kind of were able to accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So did that, if you were able to be a little bit more accepted quote unquote by Nashville, do you think you could have looked past some of the dark shit? Probably. Okay. That's sure. fair. I'm just yeah. looking for honesty. Sure. Probably so. I mean, I guess, and it, you know, I think if I would have probably had a mentor a little bit better, which would have just been me, which meaning I should have reached out. You did. went to Nashville after the tour with Aaron, though. Uh, I went to Nashville after, yes. Why couldn't have Aaron been, a men- been that mentor? Did you try talking to him at all? Uh, yeah, he wanted me to live with him. Uh, we almost set it up to where I was going to move in with him and live, but I can't live that lifestyle. Yeah. I, I, Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, baby. Just not. You know, like I, I, like I said, I, I knew what I had to be around to get to what I needed and wanted. And, but I, at that instance, I did not have to live with him. Did you tell him that? No. no Why? Why? What was, what was going to change? Just be, well, just say, hey, man, I need you as a mentor, what's, what's, but I can't. <laughs> your, your lifestyle doesn't align with do mine. You, do you know what his answer would have been? Well, fuck you. Right. <laughs> I mean, let's get I real. just said the F-bomb again. Yeah, again, Sorry, mom. mom and dad. I'm just saying that's, that's exactly what, what his answer would have been. He doesn't care. Um, Aaron, truthfully, oh, man. He, if it's not about Aaron, it ain't good. Okay, that's the kind of Aaron Lewis that I know. And I was okay with being around that. That's fine. You know, I won't say we sat and had long, dark conversations over coffee. You know, it was usually they were always about him and mm-hmm. where he was going and what he was doing. Who so he, he never was, asked about you. Doing. Fuck no. He didn't want to know about you, your past, where you came from, I mean, your family. Some, yeah, like, sometimes we would get, we, we would have times where we sat down actually and would talk about things. About my family, no, because he didn't have a family. Okay. You know? I mean, it was, it, it um, we always got along though. You know, there was only maybe a few times where I called him out and he didn't like it. But tough I, shit. I can But see here's that. the thing. The cool thing was, is that at least he was good enough to always respect me as what? An artist. The artist, not a musician, an artist. His first words to me weren't when I, because I, I was went on tour that first beginning of the tour, you know, I'd go hang out with the bus guys, the band guys, and sit with them. And somebody, I can't remember what happened, somebody came over, um, I was with, actually on air in the bus, no, we were, at, we were on our bus, and one of the musician guys came over and said, hey, can you go do this? And, and I said, yeah, man, I'll go help. And Aaron, and he walked off the bus, and Aaron looked at me and said, are you fucking kidding me? Why would you go do that? You're the artist. Tell him to get off his ass and go do it himself. You're bigger than him. Don't forget that. Yeah. Treat your and see, but then that's and then and that's a whole nother cookie where yeah. I love having relationships with my guys. Yeah. Like I love my guys because again, they make me look good. And Aaron wouldn't think that at any point. Hmm. Okay. So But you guys still keep in touch. Yeah, we still keep in touch. Uh, not as much. I mean, he, he he doesn't answer a lot of my text messages. Most of the time he doesn't. His road manager does, though. 
Okay. He loves me. Pete's a great guy. You know, he lives out in St. Mary's, Aaron does. Pretty St. much. St. Mary's, Tennessee? No, uh, in Massachusetts. Oh. When Aaron goes back there. Gotcha. He still has the house out there. I don't it. even know if there's a St. Mary's, Tennessee. I was just assuming it's something outside of Nashville. No, and Aaron has yeah. a house in Tennessee. It's um, I've never actually even seen it. Okay. But I know he lives there. What's next um, for Travis Marvin? <clears throat> Do you know? Uh, I think I have options, and I love options. Yeah. I'm not a guy who likes to think there's only one thing that I can do. You know, I've started a, I started consulting a company that's that's a promotion company that is going to be locally. Uh, it the company is local, but we're going to be national. We're, you know, we're looking for. I'm, I've gotten probably 18 venues that are anywhere from a 1,200 seat venue all the way to uh, 7,500 seats. You know, and and, and you're and, promoting artists concert. So, so you're okay. You're the, the concert promoter. promoter. Yeah, gotcha. The concert gotcha. promoter. You know, so um, I started dibble and dabbling in that. I don't understand all of it. Believe it or not, I don't. Even as the guy that's been doing this business mm-hmm. for the last thirteen years, there's so much more behind it. I was the guy that walked in the door and said, "Here's my music. I'd love to play your plays. This is my cost." Yeah. Yeah. Great. You're hired. Thanks. Here's the date I want. Thanks. You're good. See you. Bye. See you in that. Back date. when it was so simple. Yeah. You know. Now there's just so much. There's so much more with the promoter. It's just. A ton. Yeah. Anyways, and uh, so I started kind of doing that to kind of understand it more on the business side um, that I don't know about. Um, so I'm kind of trying to educate myself a little bit more deeper. Um, you know what I thought about doing? And, I, and I've asked uh, maybe in the last six or eight shows where I deemed it necessary or, or being able to ask the question. I think that I'm going to stop the Travis Marvin solo gig. I do think that. That's that's pretty close to that saying yes 100 percent. now <clears throat> what that means is this that the idea of me being a solo artist uh is 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 no longer going to be the case i'm still going to write music but what i'd like to do is i love 90s country music i mm-hmm. love it mm-hmm. i can sing it i'm very very my voice is molded for a 90s country sound so we're talking like clint black yeah, easy. Um, we're talking. I mean, we Garth were, obviously. Yeah, you the list. Um, <laughs> we're talking Clay Walker. Yes. Um, Dan uh, Singletary. Yeah. Uh, 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 did I say that right? Not Dan Singletary. David Singletary. David. No, yeah. no, it's not David Singletary. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Rod, Rob, Rob, <laughs> Q. Um, damn it, that's terrible. Anyway, I, I digress. <clears throat> but yes, Rick Trevino. So, well, yeah, you know, I, Red Akins, yes, all those guys. Yeah. Say Alan Jackson, you name it. Yeah. Brooks and Dunn, yeah. uh, Ricochet, uh, you name it. Right? I would love uh, Blackhawk. Yeah, man, Are you kidding me? You're gonna need some harmony. Well, just give me a so call. So hear me out. I think what I might do is I may go to Nashville, Tennessee. I know, or Oklahoma, or Texas, and hire a fiddle player, a pedal steel player, a keyboard player. Um, Two women for vocals, um, because they're going to sing Reba's and the Shania Twain's and the, mm-hmm. and the you know all those uh, Patty Loveless, Strawberry Wine, who's that? Trisha Yearwood, yeah, right, Dina Carter, right, Reba. I mean, yeah, go through it all. So, and then that's five so far, and then uh, hopefully um, maybe another male vocals as well, and literally put together. I told you this. 
I know. Literally put together like a two-hour produced, fully produced from start to finish show of 90s. Are they going to have be dressed up like Reba? And Damn do Skippy. <laughs> this is going to be Vegas on the road. I'm just saying, it, it, and here's the thing, is, is is it's not cheap. It's a it's a well put together show yeah, yeah. that I believe people would pay twenty to thirty bucks a ticket for, and they'll come in and drink a lot of beer because that's what people that listen to country music nineties sure. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're all in that age range from that twenty five to forty five years old. It's a big wide range. Well, it's group. bigger than that. Yeah, probably. So any venue that would tell me no is they don't then they're yeah. fool. I think they're fools. As long as the show You want to create an all star nineties country jam band. Right. And I don't have to be, it doesn't have to be Travis Marvin and the Misfits. Yeah, so like you're going to have other people, like you're going to have so you're going to have a handful of different male singers, obviously, right? right? And right. maybe you're going to handle Clint Black and like some of these guys. Garth, that we, and Garth George yeah. and you name it, I can handle all those guys. Kenny and all those, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 the idea is this. So, so nobody's doing it right now. Somebody, there are people that are doing like a tribute group to mm-hmm. Garth Brooks. It's all Garth Brooks shit, yeah, right? Yeah. This is an idea where it's, everything i can have a different show if i wanted to we could have a different show probably for about four months straight two days a week different show every song is different if we wanted to Mm -hmm. we could do it because there's that much 90s country to go through so your mind has completely shifted from being travis marvin in the neon lights Mm -hmm. to now i just want to play music to a to enjoy to enjoy my life playing the music that i love and try to make as much effing money as I can. That's right. Okay. Bill Fair Gates, enough. Bill Gates and the vocal band. Here we go. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, it doesn't mean, like I said, though, it doesn't mean that I quit. I can, I can still come back and play yeah. a show or two a, a you know, quarter. What are you um, committed for for the rest of the year? Ass loads. Rest of the month. Rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, I'm so booked. have you booked it? Have you have you told anybody like, look, no, as of this date? No. So we're so this is first time first time on the Papa Ron podcast. You heard it here first. Travis yeah. Marvin is hanging up. Travis Marvin. Yeah. I mean, that's that a, it's, it's, a, it's 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 I, no, I, like I said, I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure yet. Um, Every freaking band does this, though. Every freaking I know. Oh, the farewell tour. That's why coming I don't, back is. No, <laughs> that's why I don't want to. I, I don't. Now here's the thing. Once I walk away from the idea of it being Travis Marvin, I'm done. But you just said you would probably come back and do a, quarter, a show here show, or there. Quarter, why wouldn't I? Yeah, you know. But but, but so I guess so which it's is not it? fully done. It's just it's not a hundred percent where I'm committed. Okay, it's, I, I'm not. My, it would I'll, be by demand, not because you're pursuing right, right, an opportunity. Right. I'm not trying to become the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever you know, like, and I know that maybe disappoints you because you said you don't want me to quit my music career. That's not me quitting. That's just me shifting. I get it. The idea that I can go out and make thirty five hundred dollars or twenty five hundred dollars a show right now, and when I can go have a fully produced show and make thirty thirty k. Here's what I think. Go ahead. I think that you do whatever the hell you want to do that's going to make you happy. Yeah. One. But I also think God works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you least expect it, yeah. something will present itself. No, and, and I agree. And I think that you should not shut the door on the idea of Nashville, even if it's in the capacity. Maybe it's not Travis Marvin and Neon Lights. Maybe it's just you got a publishing deal. Yeah. You know, a really, really good publishing deal. Yeah. And you're in a network with guys you feel really comfortable and writing songs with. And, you know, it's not you singing it, but, you know, Blake Shelton, Kenny Chesney. Sure. 
you know, uh, whoever, Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, they're going to take that song and take it to number one. Yeah. You know, and it's going to make you a lot of money. Yeah, no, I'd love to. So like, like, look, that's where I'm saying is like, you go do what you got to, you go do. Um, You're a talented guy. uh, And I, and I just, I don't want you to be 80 years old in a nursing home, looking back on your life and saying, I wish I would have tried. I, I, I know that I won't. And here's one thing I'm going to tell you. The last thing I said was this, is that if I, I made this decision after the, after the Aaron Lewis tour, because I got to play at the Ryman, because I got to play at, you know, every house of blues that's available um, twice, by the way, <laughs> not once, twice. Um, if, if Travis Marvin died tomorrow, or let's not go exaggerate, let's not get extra, extravagant. If Travis Marvin lost his voice tomorrow, I couldn't sing another note. I could not perform again. I would not be mad. What? No. I don't believe that for a second. No, buddy, I'm fully satisfied with what I've done in my life. That's true, Jeez, Ronnie. Dude, I'm happy. It's very depressed. You know, much, not, you know you things I don't I've think done? you are. Yeah, but you know how many things I've done that, that, that so many can say they, they can't say no, they've that, done? No, that is true. I mean, a lot, you, man. I've had a lot of opportunities. You had a really cool life experiences. I can, I mean, if I, I can go through a list, I've, I've always said it now that you name anybody you want to name in the country music from nineties on, uh, and the majority you name, unless it's Garth Brooks or George Strait, I've opened for. Mm-hmm. Name them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the list is huge. Oh yeah, in thirteen years, it was. Just in the time that I worked at the radio station, you know, ridiculous. I mean, every freaking show that every we did, every dang one of them. I mean, I and I've been in front of all the fans, and I've played in the Ohio State University Stadium with, with one hundred and thirty-seven thousand people in front of me. I've, I've done it. Um, and if I could keep doing it, then great. We're still alive. <laughs> Do you want to know how long it's been doing that? Well, we're at two hours and 27 minutes. Yes. And the, the wheel is spinning on my computer right now. That means you out of space, boy. Just joking. Hopefully it's still working. <laughs> I'm freaking out right now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to do here, Q. What do I do? Is it is it spin, spin, and spinning? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's been doing that for... Since we started after, no, it can't be because I got two hours and twenty eight minutes worth of freaking content recorded. Right, we still working. So it just started, but it's not recording right now, and I don't know what to do other can, than can you space bar it and start it again. Is it going to delete it? So, oh man. <laughs> You got the death wheel of spin. That thing sucks. <laughs> this might turn out to be audio from the camera, so let's just keep rolling. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's do this. Let's uh, let's let's answer some text messages here. Yeah, quick. let's do that real quick. All right, we can we can do that, man. And I listen. I don't have to play music. I, I don't have to. It's it's it. People uh, uh, that we can tell them where to go to find the music and and uh, and uh, grab anything they want to grab. You know. Q looks like he's about ready to take a nap. <laughs> what artist would you like to tour with? What artist would I? So, what artist would I like to tour with? I'm gonna say, um, golly, if it was if 
if it was an older artist, I would have loved to have, uh, have toured um, with Alan Jackson. I would have loved to. I mean, I, I just think there's a lot there. And I think that, you know, I don't know Alan. I've played with Alan. Um, I've opened for him. Um, but I don't know him. I've never met him. Uh, from what I see, he has a life uh, and and maybe values of, like, compared to what I have. Okay? He seems humble. seems like a nice mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Whether you guys are not, I don't know. Um, and probably one of the very few artists I don't know. Um, if it was a newer a newer person, I would probably... You know, it'd kind of be cool to open for um, for church. I mean, I, I like Eric a lot. Mm-hmm. Not that he's really newer shit. He's probably 10, yeah, yeah, 10 yeah. years old. But but I like Eric a lot. I like Keith a lot. I, I think I, I met Keith in 2002 and he was a major alcoholic and drug addict. And and I've seen the advance and change that he's made now. And mm-hmm. and uh, it would be cool to to meet him now as a clean person. Because right. I met him. I met him and he was hammered. Sure. his ass. Sure. I mean, he... He couldn't. He could barely walk, and they, they had to bring him up the ramp and put the guitar around his neck and kick him in the ass to make him fall on stage. But then he never missed a note, and he was so jacked. But I would love to to do those. So those guys. So who else? What else you got? When did you know that you wanted to play music for a living? We already asked that. We already covered. Yeah, that I, was, one. I was. I mean, age wise, I was thirty. Okay, I got divorced when I was was had just turned. Well. I had just turned 29, or not just turned 29. I was 29 years old when I got divorced. And then at about 30 in May, um, I decided that that uh, I wanted to do music full-time. I didn't decide till about 32. So, The other one is just asking if you was asking how we met. We covered that. And the other one's asking about if you duck hunt. <laughs> we, I don't duck hunt. Don't I really do don't. I mean, I I don't. So... Um, I love to pheasant hunt and quail hunt, and uh, I haven't done it for years, but I used to do it all the time when I was younger, in high school and stuff. Well, I love you, brother. Love I think uh, this little spinning wheel is giving me anxiety. So I know it is. I we're gonna tell. We're going to find a way I to... I need a cigarette. Let's go. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to wrap this baby up, even if we have to finish. Somehow, I hope that I can save the first two hours and 28 minutes of really good audio, audio quality. And then we'll lean on the camera audio to finish this thing up. But thank you. I love you. You know I'm always here for you. Yeah, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Travis Marvin. Come on. Thanks to Q, Marathon Media Management, for always being here. I'm Ronnie Phillips. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. M-A-T-T-D. If you enjoyed this show, hit subscribe now and tell your friends on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and other social platforms. To participate on the show, leave a message with your comments or questions by calling or texting 816-558-6389. That's 816-558-6389. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. Papa Ron Podcast. Oh.